0: Good afternoon and welcome to season two of the Delvers campaign of There Will Be Dungeons, our season finale. So uh, enjoy yourselves, sit back and enjoy this finale of this great season that we've been having. Before we turn it over to Kyle, a quick reminder that we are uh, funded in part by your support over at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD, where you can get a bunch of themed teas in and around our campaigns. And I highly recommend that you do. Do you want something to help you sleep? Something to keep you up? Whatever you want in between, it's all there. PhoenixBurlT.com slash TWBD. And now, as promised, I throw it to Kyle, who will catch us up on what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons.
3: Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, we enjoyed a bit of relaxing after the saving of Anathala, Ko's wife, from the clutches of the Kalazar. We also went and did our silver examinations. Already having been recommended and approved to advance from Bronze League into silver, we met the Numelari of the Guild, heads of the Guild Academy, Zoldar the Wizened, Giga Shark, and Warden, who gave us a test to judge our aptitude, our skills, and rank us for the upcoming Silver League Advancement. You have not yet received your Silver League rank, but you, of course, have been tested, and you also selected your special Silver names that you can no, now go by. Your hero names, if you will. Co selected the name One Shot. Grinkeeper selected the name The Defender, or Grinkeeper the Defender. And Crandall Splendor Belt, The Efficient. <laughs> Splendor Belt, The Efficient, we call him. We know that there are flowers and silks and other sorts of things available at the Guild right now. The Bronze Ball, the big fundraiser for the Guild for the year, begins tonight at 5 o'clock. About 5.30 is when the festivities begin. This is going to happen downtown, as it were. Downtown Atomer, not a huge place. A couple of large buildings, atriums owned by the mayor of town. You are to report there by at least 5.30 and begin to mingle with the guests, as these are your primary supporters throughout the city of Atomer. They supply the funds, they buy the quests, and they, in general, make sure the guild has money to function. Between that time and now, though, as you have just finished your morning exams, you had time to get ready, and I've given you here in the Discord a selection of outfits which are appropriate and considered fashionable, during our time period here. You have waistcoats and vests, tails on your jacket should you wish, top hats, canes perhaps, flowers on your lapels, but mostly of blacks and blues and browns. As an adventure, of course, you can wear your armor to tonight's festivities to show off a little bit, but you might want to do it up, give it a shine in that time. For the ladies, we have some classic dresses with many frills, the more princess cuts, with the large buttocks extensions that you might expect from kind of the Cinderella era. A little smaller in the uh, waist, however, not extending out in front, mainly towards the back. Makes it easier to maneuver during a party and a dance. You will be expected to wear dancing shoes with this. You also have a a selection of hats and updos as well as flower-like arrangements and maybe even a stuffed bird that could land in your hair if you're a lady for this evening's festivities. So right now we go around the table a little bit and we are going to talk maybe about what you did with your day leading up to 5 p.m. after your examination. Maybe you celebrated, maybe you treated yourself to a little lunch. But how did you get ready? And what does your outfit look like for this evening's bronze ball? Let's go with
1: Ko first. So Ko would have left. um, He would have... uh, not a whole lot to do um he would have probably spent the day with his family um kind of enjoying the time together because there has been so little of that um as it got closer to time for the ball um he would have actually because he is worried that you know things might things might go down there's been some evidence that something might occur at the bronze ball Um, or that is a time of interest and he is concerned about bringing Anathala but he would like her there so he is actually going to entrust her with his dagger of venom and show her how to use it and all of its functions Um, and give her that as well as the uh, what is it the drift globe he's going to give both of those to her should a situation arise
3: She accepts them and with room to spare in her green and blue Victorian style gown with golden sort of scales across the back and these beautiful kind of green silks that lay out from the hip down coming up around her neck with a tight bow. She accepts and hides them beneath those sort of hip like silks that she has the drift globe a little more trouble, but the dagger easily concealed.
1: Um, as far as what Ko will be wearing, he's, uh, he's going to uh, wear kind of a vest-long uh, jacket combination, kind of like in this first picture, the middle guy. Uh, although he's going to... No top hat, because his armor shifts into this appearance. Um, he, he hasn't bought any clothes for this, but it, his armor just takes on that appearance. Um, And it's all kind of a a dark gray, uh, purple, and gold combination.
3: Now, of course, there are top hats available for you should you wish to purchase. With a city full of satyrs, tieflings, there are those top hats curled on the side in such a way or even a small bowler should you select that would still fit amongst your horns.
1: Yeah, Ko doesn't much care for hats.
3: Very good, very fine. Naturally, you do not require shoes either, but you're still sporting those... Uh, elven silk horseshoes that you got during the withers mission so you won't be clopping around on the dance floor too loudly splendor belt you had the afternoon to yourself what did you get up to
0: well I would have gone this is true I would have gone to the uh, to the farm and I would have been completely focused on that Uh, I would gotten dirty and hands dirty, kind of checking in on everything, seeing what's going on, checking on the crop, uh, maybe pull a potato out or two, just kind of see how things are developing. And I would have done that to the point that I would have gone, Oh crap. Uh, I'm not paying attention to the time I'm going to be late. And I would have done very little to goose myself up before going, I would be all kind of dirty fingernailed and and a little grimy on the knees when I showed up in my in my normals too. I wouldn't be wearing anything fancy. That would just Do you be bring the,
3: all your weapons and items?
0: Um, I would have Oh, that's a good question. Do we have do we have opportunities somewhere at the ball to like sort of park our stuff? Or do we have to leave everything at home?
3: You can't assume that a A event like this, much like the wedding you attended, would have had a coat check. And being full of adventurers, there was likely some sort of item check.
0: Um, I would have done the item check for my for my weapons then, yes. So I would have brought all my stuff with me.
3: Very good. So you arrive at the door looking like you do every morning at the guild, but yep. maybe even a little more dirty and wet on the knees. Yes.
0: Not one for pomp and circumstance would have would feel would would be surprised if anyone cared what I look like, is the attitude I would have.
3: Very good. And Grinkeeper, or should we say Lady Blackwood? Which one are we preparing first here?
2: Uh, Lady Blackwood first, because she'll throw on the armor uh, before getting to the ball, be presented, and then get rid of the armor.
3: Right, right, because you were going to arrive as Grinkeeper, the defender, and then sort of change into Lady Blackwood upon arrival. Now, as the evening goes on, of course, there's uh, lots of hubbub at the school. Many of the ladies are very, very excited. Margaret Dupayton has been selected as the Passer Outer, uh, to use a less uh, frilly word, of the dance cards, which is quite an honor and she's quite nervous about it and expresses said nerves to you. You also find out that Lady Vesta will be doing the announcing inside the hall. She will be accepting the invitation cards from the adventurers and then announcing them onto the floor as they enter. Do you participate in any sort of the gettings ready? And as the, all the ladies, the many, many ladies of the school, of the Loran Ilfokir Finishing School, head down to the governor's mansion area, do you join them as a lady?
2: Uh, if she had to. Otherwise, she would allocate some of the hired help at the school to do so. Okay. She has to get ready.
3: Very well. There's a knock on your door expressing their desire for you to be there and some whispers about how lazy that old Lady Blackwood usually is, missing so many classes and so many orientations leading up to this ball.
2: Doesn't matter, she still has more money than they ever
3: will. And this is true, and they leave rather quickly after that. Do you all make any plans to arrive together or just as yourselves?
0: Um, I'd be by myself because be, I I I would be running late and would be terrible about meeting anyone up or anything. So I would I would know of like a hey, generally we're gonna be there at this time, but I would just be barely getting there on time.
1: Yeah, Co would assume Brainkeeper was gonna be late at the very least, so <laughs> yeah. he, he would not make plans around her schedule. Do we'll any you find make,
2: each other there? Yeah.
3: Does anybody make arrangements to arrive in any sort of style?
2: Coach from the school.
3: Excellent. Well, as the as the school is packed with oh no, late-
2: grinkeeper. Mm-hmm. She's going as grinkeeper. She's showing up as grinkeeper. So no, no.
3: It could get complicated where you also change inside the coach after you're already in, and then you get out. And, but no, I get you. So you're gonna walk. We have walkers yes. tonight.
1: I would probably arrange for a ride just to sort of take the burden off. You know, an athlete still having. She's still a little fresh from, you know, waking up after being in bed for so long. So ease the burden a bit.
3: Naturally, she's very excited to be out and about. She's very thrilled to join you in this evening. And you all have, after your previous discussion and day together, at least come to terms with the fact of your new profession. And the excitement of your bravery certainly has enticed her. We go to the evening. You arrive... at the Governor's Hall. Outside, you see a smattering of ladies and gentlemen... spread about. The main road... the main road... from Hmer kind of heads off... and goes down the side road... looping up around... past sort of the garden... and the Withers Estate that you're aware of... through that business district... and ending up here... at the Governor's Hall... For Co, and we'll start with Ko, who arrives by carriage, an open, an open top carriage, your horse pulls up, and Aegis is there, wearing a sort of suit on his upper half, and opens the door for you, his hair done up in this great sort of folded and braided mane with those little sort of twist ties that you know from like English shows, uh, equestrian shows, going down his back. And he goes, well, it's a pleasure to... uh, mm, It's a pleasure to see you all. Good evening. Welcome to the bronze ball. And he grabs the door and unhooks it and swings it open, reaches down and sort of extends the small footplate that folds out and helps an from the car. Or, well, the vehicle. Uh, Do you require
1: aid, sir, in exiting said cart? Uh, no, no, thank you. I've, I've got it. Thank you, Aegis. Uh, good to see you again. My
3: pleasure. Uh, I'm, I'm mighty uncomfortable up here, but, uh, I'm here to greet and, uh, well, uh, good luck in there. Congratulations, by the way.
1: Thank you. We'll, uh, head on in.
3: We're here on this massive, massive map I've constructed for us all. I do not expect you to manage your tokens throughout this evening, unless you really want to. This is more so we can get a general feel for how the various characters are moving about throughout the Bronze Ball. It is naturally packed with individuals being the entire guild invited, as well as all the nobles and supporters whoever bought a quest or even financed anything with the guild. They're also friends of the guild, the Numalari. Everyone is here tonight for the Bronze Ball, the grandest, fundraiser of the year for Atomer. Cohen and Anthela make their way down the path, moving past beautiful sculpted trees and bushes. And entering the front, you see Cassius waiting. His usual guild vest is replaced somewhat by more of a tailcoat and he's even sporting a small top hat. He has a red ribbon around it which kind of flurls off to the side in a kind of folded flower. He has on his lapel a rose this evening, but you see with him somebody that you've never met before, a military type. He has a number of badges across his chest and a great big sash with ornate weavings upon it. He has on his shoulders these dangly pauldrons, if you will, with all the sort of tassels of command. At his side is a sword which also looks rather decorative and perhaps to your adventuring brain quite useless. Amongst that is another sash around his waist hanging with tassels. He has a great mutton chop about his face and no hair on his upper lip. He's sort of, you know, a little rosy on the cheeks as though he's been enjoying himself this evening already. And he smiles to you with a bit of boredom as you approach. Cassius is first to speak. Welcome, welcome. Congratulations. Or should I say, one shot for tonight's festivities. And Thank anth- you,
1: Cassius.
3: Ananthla, a pleasure. Welcome to the Bronze Ball. May I introduce Mayor Maltaby, who is supporting this fine evening as well. Mayor of the town of Aitmon. Quite well, quite well. Uh, uh pleasure, pleasure, um, One shot? Yes, um,
1: please. Enjoy your evening. You deserve it. Cole give a polite bow, nod, and move in past them.
3: As you enter the hall, it's all this kind of rich wood floor heading down... Uh, the walls are ornate, kind of making these little alcoves as you go. And far, far across the hall, many other sort of side doors or archways open up. But you see a garden beyond and happy light sort of pouring through it. It's a beautiful evening. It was one of those slightly too hot days that just means it's going to just be a perfect little evening with a breeze. Uh, the first pe- person you meet is the code check as it were also dressed in very similar outfit to the guild's best, though this is a little more uh, uh, trim and to the point in all blacks. He offers to take any items you may require of him, as well as your coats and capes.
1: Right, I will uh, hand over the Cape of the Montbank, as I have already used it for the day, and it would be useless anyway, so... We'll pass that over. Um, Other than that, I seem to be just in my nice clothes, so nothing else to hand over. He
3: takes it and sorts it among the back, gives you a small piece of paper with a number upon it. Next up, you see a nervous... A nervous black-haired girl who is... uh, Sitting in a rather wide-shouldered dress of white, she has with her a large, large amount of what look like tarot cards in her hands. As she sort of bounces nervously as you approach.
1: Are you uh, doing fortune readings this evening? What? Oh, no. Uh, uh,
3: uh, I am... Margaret DuPayton of the uh, Loran here Info- Finishing School. We are helping to host this evening as part of our academic training. I am in charge of passing out these uh, dance cards. Though, I, I guess you, if you brought... I figure you won't need one. You have brought, a, you brought a, a, a lovely, lovely date with you. Uh, con- congratulate. Please enjoy the dance. Uh, the The ball.
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're good on the dancing. He'll look at Anathla, just kind of give a nod.
3: Is this a, is this an examining sort of question?
1: Just a, just sort of like a. I, I figure Ko is not really good in social situations, and he's seeing a lot of himself now in this girl. And it's a case of, like, everybody's shown up and everybody's awkward and now everybody just wants to move away. Like, nobody was in a position to take charge of that situation, so now everybody just kind of wants to hide.
3: As you walk past, Ananthla leans over to you, grabs your hand, says, you're not getting away with not dancing.
1: (laughs) Oh boy. I mean, I figured, but, uh, I just... You know, it's a lot of people. I'm surprised there's a lot of people here. I didn't expect this many.
3: They're all going to be dancing at the same time. Many of them will be awful. These schoolgirls probably don't, <laughs> they probably aren't the best at it anyway. I think you'll be fine, and I'll be fine. I haven't practiced in a while.
1: Well, I have two left hooves, so, you know, it will be uh, interesting to see how it goes.
3: I'm sure you're more graceful than you think. Come on. And she pulls you down the hallway a bit. You reach a sort of divide, a T-intersection here in the hall. To your right is what's clearly the dance hall and dining hall. A massive, massive room of, uh, well, let's do a measurement. Why not? Uh, Of, now I got to do math. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) How could I have done this? Of 225 feet long a massive dance hall you can see even through here the ornate floor that has been kind of reinforced and even checkered with various or at least two types of wood to make this beautiful kind of dance floor area the checkered floor as you would know sort of from this time period allows the dances to be lined up ahead of time and help people get into position before they start such ornate quadrilles and waltzes To the right of that, in this big room, you see the many, many tables, and we're talking a lot, a lot of white cloth. This is the big tables arranged for about eight per table with the cloth underneath it kind of tied up in this great big sort of knot bow on the side. And each chair, which may betray a less uh, fancy chair underneath, has also been wrapped in this white cloth this evening. There are no plates or anything at the tables right now and you can see down, down the way a bar that has been opened up and Groinhammer is beyond it. At that table, you quickly spy back in church who you met out there at Jemholm on the beaches or the sandbars, as it were. To your left, you see a room and labeled nearby, it says Gallery of the Fallen. And across the way... A large sort of monument, a shrine has been constructed of stone and names. But also in this gallery, also labeled as well, you see your picture that was taken earlier with your dagger ever so slightly off to the left side and Splendor Belt looking a little confused with his face maces facing towards the camera. There are the, all the other pictures of the bronze groups also gathered in there as well as some that you have not recognized yet. Do you make any turns here at this room?
1: Uh, Ko is going to say, you know, why don't we start at the bar and work our way out from there?
3: You all turn then and start heading back into the dance hall, the ballroom, but past the tables and past the dance floor. As you enter, however, a... Kind of birdish lady, a a sharp-looking woman, turns and and very lightly, just, just just the lightest little like like stop at her waist. Her hand slightly raises and her fingers kind of flex out, and she holds out a hand in sort of a "you're supposed to hand me something" kind of way.
1: Uh. Co will reach out and awkwardly shake her finger,
3: <laughs> as you yeah. sort of as you sort of start to close on the fingers, she rem- removes them quickly. Your invitation.
1: Oh.
3: Um. For announcing purposes.
1: Do I have one of those? Co starts reaching in, feeling around pockets and things like that. Do I have an invitation?
3: An hands you behind your back. The invitation, you see you hear, feel a little piece of paper up, 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 up on your back. Oh, oh.
1: Right here. Got it.
3: You pass it over. And she turns to the room. No one's really paying attention, but all the same, she turns to the room. Spiros, right? I so rarely say your last name.
1: Yeah, Spiro's.
3: Lord and Lady Spiros The Darkest Delvers Conqueror of Dragon Mountain As well as Defeater of Grix, Gelatinous Cubes uh, Rust Monsters And others And she hands it back to you
1: Oh, opens it and looks to see if it actually says all that
3: It does say a little, in fact, it goes on a bit. It even includes that you killed a hellhound once, as well as a cranium rat and all this sort of things. It lists a general list of your accomplishments upon it, but the Red Dragon Mountain seems to be at the very top.
1: As they make their way by, Ko will thank Anathala for helping him and then say, she really kind of abbreviated there at the end. We've done a lot more than that. It sort of felt like she got disinterested about halfway through.
3: Well, no one was really paying attention to her announcement anyway. Perhaps she's upset about the clientele. What's
1: wrong with the clientele?
3: Well, and and she, you know, grabs your arm as you sort of walk your way across the full room. Well, I've heard that the finishing school um, only takes the best, shall we? This is likely a little bit of a step down in there. No offense, uh, but adventurers,
1: rough sort. Well, but we've saved the town. I mean, their school would probably be a pile of rubble by now if it wasn't for adventurers. They likely don't know it. Do you think they get news up there? Well, they should get news. You know, she read the whole card. I think she'd clearly see an illustration of what the situation is here. We've done a lot. Let me see that card. (laughs) Go answer the card. You found gelatinous cube? Oh yeah, it was weird. You couldn't see it at first, and the only hint that it was there was that the rocks were just sort of floating in space. And at first it was like, well, is something going on with the gravity here, or what's happening? And then a cube appeared, and it filled the entire hallway, and it uh, it tried to consume people. Just, you know, pull people right in and melt them. It was crazy. you are gonna get melted,
3: and you guys move across the... The hall here. You move past a large gaggle of the ladies of Loran, all talking excitedly to each other, all kind of holding their large terror cards out in front of them. Some some trying to be a little more discreet, but many of them just looking around hawkishly at all the, the various suitors in the room. And there are a gaggle of suitors of sorts. You see past them, hanging out in the corner, kind of wallflowering a large group of young woodleaguers. Um, Some of some who you have at least seen around in the guild. None you've interacted with directly. You see some chairs set up for the orchestra, which will be taking position later on. You see Grapple and Tackle, the two Tortolans wearing bow ties and pants, but nothing else, as they clink together some little champagne glasses and agree with each other vehemently. You make your way over to the bar. Greenkeeper, we go to you. All right. As you arrive. Now you're in your your paladin best. Have you done anything special to the armor itself as I know you have your Lady Blackwood outfit underneath?
2: She would have shined it. I'm okay. Trying to make it as shiny as what you saw in the
3: mirror. Very good. And of course, we are Hair up for Grinkeeper?
2: Uh Yes, hair up, and then when she switches, she has some bobby pins that she fixed up so that it'll go to like a half-up look when she goes <laughs> to Blackwood.
3: Gotcha, so this is more of an up, rather than the sort of double buns of the past, this is more of an up-up look because it's going to descend backwards into a fall of hair. Yes. Very good. You approach, and Cassius welcomes you. Uh, the mayor who you've never met before, described as earlier as a sort of military man, uh, does take some increase. A paladin. Oh, well, very, very, very good. Uh, I've I've, I've worked with many paladins in my day. A pleasure to have you defending our town.
2: Oh, nice to meet you.
3: You proceed in. Do you do anything at the coat check? No. Very good. Do you have any weapons on your person?
2: In her bag of holding.
3: The bag is a large sash across your side with rather uh, lower teal, but dazzled like gems upon it.
2: <laughs> That's a bigger bag than I was imagining.
3: It's, it's kind of um, like an Indiana Jones side bag.
2: Oh, dear. Um, you
3: do have your purse that Margaret DuPayton gave you so long the ago. hammer. Yeah, that'll fit a hammer only.
2: Okay, so let me rethink this very quickly. So she wouldn't have come with the bag of holding. Um, and the armor she's wearing, yeah, she'll stuff it somewhere. Okay, she knows, she's kind of familiar with how to hide things. So no bag of holding. The hammer is hidden in the bag that Margaret made her and she won't check anything.
3: All right, then you walk right on by and no visible items on your person. Though you do see uh, kind of the coat check lean out a little bit and nervously sort of give an up and down look just looking around. He definitely checks side, side, back as you walk by. Looks as though he's under some sort of instruction to make sure weapons are kept out of the dance floor. But you head on down and you see a nervous looking Margaret DuPayton who gasps, Oh, uh, um... Hi.
2: Yes, I would like whatever it is you're holding. One, please.
3: Of course, <laughs> <laughs> as we have never met before, I'm happy to, congratulations. Um, Welcome, welcome to your celebration this evening. Might they, I have your name?
2: Yes, it is Grinkeeper, the Defender.
3: Uh, a pleasure, and she curtsies with her si- the size of her dress. A pleasure. Uh, Oh, and she spills her cards and kind of hands you up one. and Good luck. And she stacks them back together on her knee. Thank you. You find the same sort of intersection. To your right, you see Lady Vestal, who is standing in front of the ballroom and dining room combination. To your left, you see Gallery and Gallery of the Fallen.
2: Uh, Grinkeeper will kind of suck in her teeth a little and mentally think, "Let's get this over with," and then go to the Lady Vestal entrance.
3: Roll a stealth check.
2: Oh god, my armor's on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't, don't actually don't include that. Don't include that. This is about your stealthiness, not necessarily. You could even do a sleight of hand here, or maybe even a performance. But I'll
2: take a natural twenty.
3: Again? No. Check
2: my
4: number! I'm
3: going to do it again. <laughs> your digital dice <laughs> are loaded. Why would I
4: lie? I know you
3: wouldn't lie. We're good. We're good. As as you approach, you see Lady Vessel going, Girls, calm, calm. And she's kind of like motioning her hands in front of her and kind of doing a little pat motion. Oh, oh. And as you approach, she hears you walk up, you know, kind of clink, clink, clink in your heavy armor and she just puts in the hand out to the side, doesn't even look at you.
2: Uh, uh, having been to this ball before Grinkeeper would have brought her invitation and would have handed over
3: she takes it Grinkeeper the defender conqueror of red dragon she she does and sort of trails off as she reaches mimic again for you and passes it back ladies and she storms off towards them as they all kind of and then giggle a little bit and then kind of shape up as she walks amongst them.
2: Grinkeeper will think about calling her out for her rudeness, but will think better of it because there's a chance she might get caught.
3: Now in the dance hall, the ballroom, where do you go?
2: She'll look around to kind of gauge how close they are to the dancing. How much time?
3: Well, uh, naturally, you've arrived a little late as we are at... uh, about that 5:45, you can see that there is a schedule posted nearby on a sort of a tea stand, and it says uh, champagne, silent auction, and dance cards upon it. You see that about 6:45, the dinner seating will begin, hosted by Elven Fusion.
2: When does the dancing begin?
3: The dancing will begin after dinner, and sponsor recognition. Uh, that is at about
2: 8.30. Cool. She will stay Grinkeeper until the dance. So Very good. she'll start looking around to see if any of her party members are there.
3: Roll a perception check. 10. Uh, you don't really spy them directly. You see what you think is the brigand patrol sitting at a table already, all kind of just hanging out with each other with their champagnes. You see Buck and Valentine Broscale, the wildfires, sitting at a table, and they seem to be kind of hunched down, and they're talking rather seriously, much like you might see a whispery couple having a small argument making their way through a grocery store. You see the Tortolians over, clicking their glasses together, looking rather proud of themselves, some nervous woodleaguers, and the chairs are set up for the orchestra eventually. Behind you, you do spy uh, at the Gallery of the Fallen, the viper gang which as a gang is rather small being only made of the now named toll as you may have heard bell sunish and her party companion riley mancave who in his in his finery looks very much like the beast and looks rather naked without his usual horned helm his hands massive at his sides are on Bell's shoulder kind of padding as he looks around, looking like he wants to be anywhere else but there. You do see that the the outdoors opens up beyond the ballroom. There are several exits out into what looks like a garden area. The windows are alight with evening light pouring through them. And you also see that there's two more rooms that you may have not entered through. Down to your left, and one that's beyond the gallery.
2: Uh, cool. In that case, Grinkeeper will first go to see the picture that got taken of everyone to take that in and how cool it is. And then she will start checking out the rooms she hasn't seen where the auction is. That would be pretty cool. And then outside and then work her way back in.
3: You head to the gallery and... As it is rather quiet in there as people come and go and various supporters kind of move around, they enjoy the picture. Some of them giggle a little bit, but they all kind of keep hushed voices as there is also that shrine of stone engraved names noted as the Fallen over the year. From here, you can see about 15 names upon it. But as you view your your picture of the Darkest Delvers with the dagger off to the side with the face maces and the half blink and confused look on Splendorbelts face, and your awesome, awesome uh, biceps holding a holding a hammer, which I believe was also like a twenty five or something like that. For that picture, you hear a voice behind you. Ah, it's all right.
2: I think I look pretty damn good.
3: I think you do too. It is a pleasure to see you again. And you turn and you see Didi, who you once rode with in a cart out to investigate Grix. A ranger type, with long hair down his back and his usual smug expression.
2: Didi, how's the... Did you get a campaign finally? It's good to see you.
3: No, I did not. Though if you look over here, you will see something fabulous. Ah, and he leads you over to another sort of silver plate that has been projected upon for these sort of magical photographs and there you see a, a pile of what looks like humanoids wearing masks and a toppled obelisk and a foot on top of it his bow sort of not stabbed into the obelisk but at his side as he smiles up and wind blows through his hair
2: how'd you get a picture up there
3: i requested one naturally after I completed the Moon Cultist quest, I was very eager to show my uh, accomplishments to the guild.
2: I didn't know you could do that.
3: Of course you can. As a silver, you can do many things. I have heard congratulations are in order.
2: Yes, yeah, we made silver, all three of us. It's great.
3: Well, you must request a bellows package upon your completion. Splendor Belt comes running down the road. It's about six o'clock as Splendor <laughs> Belt arrives. Yeah. You see the entrance. You see a man you've never met in sort of military wear, and you see Cassius standing nearby him. Various carts are pulling up and letting other individuals out. Uh, by you walks one Lord and Lady Battersby, who you conducted their wedding for they don't recognize you at the moment (laughs) as you pant and heave with all your items upon you what do you do um
0: i would uh stop for a moment put my hands on my knees get my breath again not too worried about how any of this looks because it's not really a concern that he has um, but then I'd look up and say I'm supposed to be here for for uh, Dance, dinner, all this am I, am I in the right place?
3: Cassius blinks slowly Does... Congratulations and welcome, Mr. Splendorbelt, Or should I say, the efficient this evening Might I help you out a bit?
0: Uh, I am fine, only need to... Uh perhaps refresh myself with uh, water or something and then uh, I am fine. I am not too late. Yes, I
3: am good. You are right on time as expected. Please uh, meet our illustrious Mayor Malteby here in town.
0: I'll reach out a grubby uh, dirt hand <laughs> to him and as if it's not a problem and, and go to shake his hand.
3: Mayor Maltabee kind of misses this as he's looking back into the party and kind of adjusting his coat. And as he turns around, you feel a clap on your shoulder from Cassius, a little roughly. Mm. And as it reverberates your armor, all the dust kind of (laughs) off your person (laughs) and falls in a ring around you. You feel like you've been cast a prestidigitation upon yourself.
1: Mm. (laughs) Every campaign, Scott needs it.
3: Gotta be dirty.
0: Um, Okay. I'll I'll react to that and kind of turn to to Cassius.
3: He just gives you a raised eyebrow and motions you forward, as the mayor kind of brings his hand around, not really paying attention. Yes, uh, oh, oh, a big lad indeed. A, a, a pleasure. Um, your
0: name? Uh, my name is Crandall, the efficient Splendor Belt, and I'll bow deeply after saying that.
3: Efficient. Ah, good, very efficient. It reminds yeah. me of my time in the kingdom. Enjoy your evening.
0: Yes, thank you very much. I'll sort of bow and back off. Being respectful, but not, you know, not very graceful at it.
3: And you enter. Do you do anything at the code check?
0: Um. Yes, I will have... I got all my stuff on me, and I would deposit my staff with the, the snake staff and try to keep the uh, the ba- the maces because they're decorative in my mind. So I don't want to just... Drop those off. I would. I would. I would just sort of act like, okay, well, here's my staff, and then I would act like that was it, and I was getting out of there.
3: Make a persuasion check. Okay. Here we
0: go. That'd be a fourteen.
3: I I was told not to let uh, any items, unless cursed, into the hall. But if they're decorative, I'm sure we can make that. that this. That makes sense. Uh, your, uh, the face or something along those lines, then.
0: Yes, these are uh, these are of my face, and I'll hold one up and hold it to my face and go like
3: this. So
0: as these look like me, they are part of who I am, and, uh, you know, mostly decorative. I, 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 I can promise you they will not come out unless needed. They're just here for, uh, you know, so so that I can look good. I say with thirds. Fine. I
3: I've, I've heard less weird things tonight. En- enjoy your evening, sir. Thank you. And I'll scurry my way out of there. Hi. Uh, good evening and welcome. She gives a curtsy. Margaret to Peyton. Uh will you request a dance card this evening, sir? Uh
0: I am not one for dancing, but if uh is required. I I will do what I am asked to do, but I am not one to do it normally. Do I need one?
3: Dancing is not required, though if you do wish to participate, it is uh, customary and uh, suggested that you take a dance card so you may um, have uh, the most uh, eloquent time possible.
0: Okay, I, I take uh, I take I take a card. Give, give one to me.
3: Here you are, sir. Enjoy your evening. Okay,
0: we'll pocket that and nod at her and keep moving
3: you've reached the intersection. You see the ballroom to your right and to your left. You see Grinkeeper who has been engaged in a conversation with Didi, which looks like by her face maybe a little too long. He seems to be describing a sort of picture in front of him and keeps gesturing up with his hand and sort of raising his leg like he's doing the Captain Morgan.
0: Um, I would try and just sort of wave and get her attention. Let her know I'm here. Uh, Grinkeeper, that is and uh, oh, that's the room with the fallen stuff right yes Um, I would be really curious about about that so I would uh, I would walk in and kind of just make a beeline for the rear there just to just see what's there and I would and I would just make sure that you know Greenkeeper knew I was coming in like hey how's it going and then just kept moving not wanting to interrupt whatever riveting conversation she's having with Didi.
3: And their faces, they looked like the ground beef And when they pulled off their masks, they stuck They went And brought tendrils of slime upon them Corrupted by the farm they were You see Splendor about? walk by It's
2: good to see you, how are you doing this evening? Oh, you I'm fine
0: I'm fine, do not let me interrupt your, your uh, riveting conversation I'm just checking no, he was
2: just telling me we gotta get some pictures taken when we kill things
3: Oh, what's well, this good idea? Sure. Yes, a Bellows package would do you well for Silver League All about accomplishments now You must raise your renown Rise, rise in rank To become the gold Oh, okay That's, just, That's uh, the plan That sounds good I can do this So there I was Forging an arrow slaying upon my enemies Splinterbelt, do you keep walking? Yeah, I'll keep going Grand keeper do you stay listening
2: she's polite she'll keep listening
3: okay
0: <laughs> oh splendor Bell. I'm not gonna I mean I'll she wants me to be saved and I would be oblivious to that need like I would not understand that she wants to be saved
1: that's fair
0: yeah unless she went smart remote, come here or something like that then I'd be like okay well I keep going like seems like you're having fun.
3: Spendbelt, you walk up to this sort of double tier display of stone, the Fallen, and on it are a number of objects, which seem to have come from pockets as well as maybe flowers from lapels or even corsets this evening. People have deposited personal items on top of this list of some 15 names. Each has its own sort of area. There's a lower tier that has several names upon about five and then ten along the back. You see Belsunish and Riley Mancave in front of it. Okay,
0: I wouldn't talk to them. I would just sort of admire the the stonework. Um,
3: do you want to make any checks or look for certain names or uh,
0: anything along those lines? Yeah, I'd like to see. Uh, the, I'd do this in real life. I'd want to see if the names are at all familiar to me. Like, do I know? Do I know legends of this? Have I heard of these? You know, like where 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 are these? Where did the fallen come from? That sort of thing. I'd just be curious by looking at you, the statues.
3: You surmise looking about this that these are the names of guild members who have passed in the last year in active duty. You see in front of Bell Soonish, there's a name Elzar Sunish. But you also see the name Bram mm. as well as Byron Cameron, Sheldon Cameron, Lilia Holmes, and that would have been four, so some 11 others. Okay. None others jump out at you directly.
0: Well, I would, I would take a moment sort of internally, uh, you know, uh, showing sort of my silent respect to the fallen and uh, then start to scooch my way out of there. I would actually probably go toward, so tell me the room just adjacent to us. This is the room full of, uh, let's see, we've got Alexander Van. Withers, nobles and supporters.
3: yeah you got you got two rooms a, a room to your left and right right now yeah. one sort of has a little a little trickle of smoke pouring out of it and you can see card playing beyond a sort of smoking lounge that's been set up to isolate the, such activities from the more formal bronze ball you also see a small bar set up in there run by Helen R in your room to your left, you see a large stage has been erected, wrapped very much in the sort of white cloth like the rest of them are with the chairs set out in front. And sitting upon the stage is a large dragon skull that you recognize from Dragon Mountain that was brought into the guild hall. You also see a ring of tables that kind of scoot along the edges of the room and upon them are various items, some of them under little sort of glass covers like cake tops uh, or cake covers, And in front of those are clipboards with pieces of paper on them and a pen provided. Okay.
0: Um, I would be, I'm not one to stand and wait for people to talk to me. So I'd be, I'd be wanting to just find a nearby place to sort of sit even in isolation and and chill until I'm told what to do. So that room, the room to the right there, or left rather, seemed interesting because down there by the stage, those chairs are just sort of sitting there. Like, is it bad if I go sit in one?
3: You can, if you will. I'll do that. Cool. You make your way into what is the auction hall. And as you walk by, you see Carrie Underworld sort of manning these tables lined with items. And she just kind of walks up and down. She looks like she's just working a job like you would sort of a retail position. And she positions the pencils straight. You know, organizes the clipboard to be straight next to that. Then kind of in her boredom does it again and repositions the pencil to the other side. Every once in a while, somebody walks up and writes a name on the clipboard. You see one Goggles Granny, the lady who owns, the old woman who owns the potion shop, with her hunched over back and her large shawl, and of course, her goggles, making her way about the tables. And every once in a while, she stops and goes, Ah, oh, yes. Oh, that, that's good. That's a good one. And and writes her name on an item. Uh, the item in front of her that she particularly signs for, you see from this distance has a sign in front of it that says, Banshee Ectoplasm. <laughs> All right. Amongst those tables, you also see things like Bugbear Morningstar, Grick Tendrils, provided by Darkest Elvers, Cranium Rat in a Jar, provided by Darkest Elvers, and many of the items that you knew co-collected over your time adventuring together.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I'd beeline for that chair, acknowledging all that I've seen, and sit, not trying to talk to anyone or bug anybody. Including these nobles and supporters who are all kind of goobered up in there if they're actually in there.
3: You take a seat in one of the chairs, just sort of occupying yourself, and a, a halfling man sits next to you. An old man with a cane, and he leans over to you.
5: Fine, fine evening we're having here.
0: Yes, it seems very uh, appropriate for this sort of celebration.
3: And I'll nod. He turns and looks you up and down with his black slicked back hair.
5: Do I know you? You might have been familiar to me.
0: Uh,. For some reason your voice is familiar but perhaps it is our DM's voice that I am thinking is familiar. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we have met. I am a, a splendor belt. Uh, you can call me and I'll reach out a, a hand of greeting. Dirty dirty hand.
3: No longer dirty, you've been cleaned by Cassius. Oh,
0: that's right. Then my normal, you know, <laughs> normal orc hand I will extend.
5: Oh, a pleasure, a pleasure
3: honey. shakes your hand with his tiny little halfling hand sort of grabbing about two fingers as best he can do
5: Mm. enjoy your evening yes I will attempt to do so and I'll nod
3: we return to Cohen and Athla who are at the bar alongside you is Mac and Church who have put on some nice little coats for the evening no longer in their swimsuits and swim goggles
1: uh co would immediately greet them and uh kind of introduce them um it's it's good to see you all i'm surprised to find you here um how have things been since we got off of the island there
3: well we had to work you know we had to find some work so we uh, we joined kirch and i we, we joined up with the guild uh got some got some work calmed down a little bit uh, took some time to ourselves but uh we got we we gotta keep going right church
1: mm. wow that's that's fantastic guys oh uh this is my wife anathela uh this is mac and church uh two individuals uh, you remember the adventure about uh the people that were turning into creatures and all of that these are the ones that didn't turn into creatures and he
3: kind of leans half his body onto the bar table in order to scoot in front of you and shake the hand of an atha over the top of you and kind of gives like, hey, hey, your husband's a hero. Husband's a hero, all right? And slaps her hand on the side. Hey, husband's a hero. Real hero, that guy.
1: Love to uh, thank the rest of you if, if you're around tonight. I mean, they, they have a tendency to show up a little bit late. Um, I'm gonna take a look and see if I can find them in just a minute and Cole turn and look at the bartender and go uh, can I get two glasses of wine and uh, do you want anything to drink, honey?
3: I'm, I'm fine. Greyhammer says champagne right now.
1: Oh, really? Uh, okay, I'll still do two. This is the Grand
3: Dom Kurlish, or something along those lines, in an Elvish.
1: And he pours
3: it into two small cups and passes it to you. Two glass. Champagne glasses.
2: Flutes, I think they're called. Flutes? Flutes. Flutes. F-L-U.
3: Flutes.
1: Okay. Ko will uh, kind of grab one. It's immediately gone. And then he kind of ho- holds on to the other. Ugh. I don't care for champagne.
3: You turn and look around the room, about 20 feet away from you, sort of standing awkwardly to himself with just two fingers upon his glass is Giga Shark, who is also in a little sort of tux for the evening with a bow tie up top. Beyond him, you see the Woodleagers and the courtyard beyond, where you see a couple of individuals standing around. Through the window's that go past where the orchestra where you assume the orchestra will eventually sit you see a beautiful little fountain shooting up some 20 feet into the air
1: and Walco looks around he'll uh, anything that's familiar to him he'll point them out and sort of tell the story to go along with him so he'll say and that there that's Giga Shark. he was there when um, I got my promotion to Silver League I just met him but he seems really nice um, he's definitely the nicest shark man I've ever met, and uh, and just as he goes around, he'll just point them all out. I don't know if I can see broadside looking out the windows, but anybody he sees that he knows, he's telling the story of.
3: So you tell the story of Giga Shark, and each one kind of comes with a "Can he breathe?" and and each, each one gets a little you know, side question to add on to. You see, I spy out the windows. That was Willamette Molly, who you met. Uh, They're fighting a hag in the middle of the market square Uh, you see Zoltan the wizened and in fact as you sort of make your way and walk about the floor as there's not too much going on at the moment everyone's just sort of mingling you do see and look out and see the fountain and sitting inside the fountain is Gil the merman who escorted you out to the sandbar and there with Snips which is wearing a small hat upon his head
1: So, yeah, we would uh, we would kind of continue through and, you know, kind of pass from room to room. So we would probably be slowly making our way to the auction room, just sort of chatting and co-telling stories. We return to Grinkeeper
3: the Defender.
2: She will have politely excused herself, and she's gonna start heading around specifically toward outside to see if there's a bush she can shove her armor in and change.
3: Roll a... investigation check. To find an appropriate bush. 16. Find one of good size and with a little bit of one of those little holes in the back that hasn't been cared for that you could easily kind of sneak your armor and baggings into.
2: Cool. She'll, she'll nod to herself very slyly looking around. It would look really weird if anybody saw it. And then she'd head back into the festivities.
3: While you're out there, so you emerge through the the gallery out down the main hall, pushing your way past and through the doors out into the courtyard area, the garden And by you would be Zoltan the Wizard, who is standing with his little glass of champagne and kind of enjoying just the evening. He still has on the same outfit he had earlier, the big sort of collared wizard robe uh, you had the test conducted in. As you sort of look over the edge and see the bush with the hole below you that you will be using to stash your stuff, you see Warden on a nearby bench, very off, off to herself, and she is currently playing with her large panther. She has gotten a. uh, She has a ribbon on the end of her bow and she sort of shakes it back and forth, and his very large paws sort of lazily bat it through the air. And then, as you turn around, you run into Ko and Anathala, who are making their way around.
4: Oh, hey, guys!
1: Hi. Uh, are, Are you. You're pretending to be Greenkeeper right now, right?
2: Yeah, just for right now, though. But after dinner, I'll come back in a dress. It's it could be really cool. I found where I'm gonna put my stuff, and then she'll yeah. kind of nod her head to the side, very, very obviously.
1: Okay, that just right out there in the in the bushes, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a great spot.
1: Okay, um, yeah, I think I'm not gonna do the whole double life thing. I was I was talking to Anathala. She said just be who I am. So I'm going to try that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who said the same thing to me, but I don't even know where to start.
1: Well, maybe tonight's the night.
2: Maybe, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, who are you really trying to impress anyway?
2: Uh, well, there's somebody. I heard he's going to be here tonight.
1: Oh. Who is it?
2: Uh, I don't know who he is.
1: You're, you're trying to impress a person you don't know who they are?
2: Well, I've met him twice. Two years ago, and then the last bronze ball. The ball's kind of our thing.
1: Oh, I see. You've got somebody that every year you meet up and have this, this little moment once a year.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's always at this ball, and he's a hero, and he's the reason I'm a paladin. Did you know that?
1: He gave you paladin powers?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. He kissed me, and I slapped him, and it healed him.
1: I didn't know that's how it worked, but I don't understand how most of the magic works. I mean, Splendor Belt is the least magic-seeming person I've ever met, and he does amazing things. So, I guess magic works in mysterious ways.
2: Yeah, I certainly don't know how to- I mean, that's why I slapped you guys.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the party continues nearby. Splunderbell, you've been sitting in your chair for a good 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Have you engaged in any further conversation with the slightly memorable but odd and older gentleman next to you? Uh
0: no, I would have probably offered him in the in the kind of dead, you know, just the sort of sitting there not having real conversation. I would probably offer him like half a potato. Or something, because I always carry one or two of those with me. And then I, you know, in that I would say, and one day you'll, you know, you'll see all my, my wares here in the city, because I'm gonna have the best potato farm in, in all the land. Sort of, sort of conversation. But that's about as far as it would probably have gone.
3: Well, let's see. Let's roll. Uh, let's roll a persuasion or a performance for that potato handoff. Either one. Either one. Your choice.
0: I'll do persuasion. Better numbers. Fifteen. <laughs> Everything's pretty middle of the road so far on my rolls.
5: I
3: mean, it's still above ten, which is why he says.
5: Potatoes. potatoes good potatoes, Then, <laughs> You ever thought about making, making, uh, fermenting your potatoes?
0: Oh, oh my gosh! I've forgotten about this. This is a thing you can do. You can ferment them, and then they make uh, spirits. That sort of thing, yeah.
5: Uh, yes, very good spirits. I, I own one of the larger uh, uh, vineyards here in town. Uh, they call me Mister Good One. Uh, a good wine. Um, here, take my card. Take my card.
0: All right, I'll take your card, and I will say. Well then, I will be in touch. I uh, you you become a uh, wholesale uh, uh, vendor for my product. That is, that's, this is great.
5: Yes. When do you expect your first harvest? Uh,
0: this is a good question. When do I actually? I don't know what when I should expect these potatoes to be fully ripe and ready to go.
3: Right now, at the stage, ran about three to four months. All right. I'll I'll convey that to the to him
0: and and say I will uh I will be I will surely be in touch. I do not partake myself in these uh. This sort of thing, but I am happy to provide for the industry, is not the problem for me.
3: He turns and kind of looks you up and down for the first real time, noticing your giant holy symbol around your neck. Oh, of
5: course. A Paylor, yeah? Uh,
0: yes, Paylor. Uh, Paylor yeah, overall is uh, is my guy.
5: Got guy <laughs> guy agriculture. I respect him. I respect him like a brother. He helps me bring in the grapes each year.
0: Oh man, what Me and mob, Palo, we go way back? What mob boss deal have I been making here with this guy?
1: <laughs> I am so happy right
0: now. <laughs> uh well anyway, I'll we say can't, we is,
1: can't end the season here. I want a whole season <laughs> of just about this. A whole spin-off
0: <laughs> of the uh this thing. Um I'll say um well this is good. Uh, he guides my hand, and these will be well made potatoes, uh Palor
5: willing. Yeah, we're we'll with praise
3: you noticed uh you noticed Co and Grinkeeper walking down the hall outside of the auction room here, yeah, I'll
0: say, oh this is my friends. I must leave, but uh it's very nice to make your acquaintance. I'll shake his hand again and uh feel free That's to t- track me down if you need me.
5: Uh, you have my card, you messaged me, but I don't have your card, Do you oh. have card? <laughs> uh
0: I don't have cards, so um.
5: I think about making cars. Yeah, <laughs> I, might, I might.
0: I might do this. I might have to make some. This is a good yeah, idea. Make
5: business, you good business. You gotta give good business.
0: <laughs> okay, sounds good, and I'll I'll get up to leave.
5: Uh, grinkeeper, what were you <laughs>
3: you guys were talking about together? Oh, slapping people in the face with holy energy. Yes. You see, Splendor Belt. Join you in this walk down the hallway.
2: Yes, yeah, so I just slap people and that's it.
1: I mean, I, it works. I mean, the slaps, they kind of sting for a minute, but ultimately make you feel better. So, I mean, it's, it's whatever works.
2: Yeah, I don't even know how else to do it. I, but I haven't tried any other ways. Maybe I should do that.
1: I mean, like, if you tapped somebody, could you heal them?
2: That's a good question. Here, let me try it out.
1: I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not exactly hurt right now.
2: <laughs> the the hand is already on the shoulder. <laughs> Would I need to roll anything for this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't use any. You don't roll anything normally. It's more, do you believe it'll work? Does Greenkeeper want it to work?
2: No, not yet.
3: All right. Well, it doesn't Deep do down, anything. It needs the slap. Yeah. Yeah, you're not feeling it, you know? Um,
1: you don't believe. I mean, I didn't feel bad before, so I still feel good, but it didn't do any... I mean, normally it kind of lights up a little, and there's a whoosh, and I, I don't know. There was no whoosh.
3: As you guys make okay. your way down the hall, moving in front of you, carrying, what would this be, six... six Champagne glasses between his fingers and kind of trying to make his way as best he can. You see. Of the first son's brotherhood. Oh, my goodness. I've forgotten his name. Hang on. Edgar Boonefellow. <laughs> there you go. In his armors. A little done up, but mostly just in his armors. Saying, oh, oh, hey, tell us. Uh, join us for cards in the lounge. Sure. Sure. Ah, excellent. Get a bigger table. Ah, Come on this way. And he leads you kind of winding down through the gallery back towards the lounge where you saw that little smoke kind of trickling out of the room. And inside, there's kind of a smoking lounge set up as well as some table for cards. You see Soulburn, the warlock, sitting with his hood up in a chair, uh, looking very much like he wants to be left alone. You see a small bar run by Helen R. Clearstone, who is currently kind of setting things up for later in the party. You see the First Son's Brotherhood, the two other members there at the table, as well as Sultan, wearing a nice purple tux this evening. Ah, my friends! And he stands. Ah, you are uh, well graduated.
2: Yeah, we're silvers. It's good to see you. How's life in the guild with you? Wood. Awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, we all. We all got to start somewhere, right?
3: Ah, uh, My friends, you're welcome at my table. Come, and we play cards. Uh, Boonfellows teaching me how. Right, game's three dragon ante. And uh, this is how you play it everyone roll a either sleight of hand or a wisdom saving throw. Now I'm, sleight of hand means you were cheating.
0: I caught up with them, right? Oh, I'm with so them.
3: Fun. Yes, you were part of this. Okay,
0: sorry. Uh, sleight of hand or
3: wisdom? You said. Yes, a wisdom saving throw. Hmm.
2: But because you're close to me with the saving throw, you get to roll four. Tw- no, <laughs> you, ins- yeah, you are inspired
3: something. for cards by the presence of a paladin. So we get to do two, <laughs> we get to do two rolls or
1: do if it you're a doing manageable? the if you're doing the wisdom instead of the sleight of hand.
0: Well, I'm definitely doing wisdom. All right, there's roll number one. 21. 14. Jeez, I'm stuck right there in the teens.
1: Ko got an 11 on his attempt to cheat, probably because his wife's watching him.
2: Oh, sorry, it's just a plus two to saving threats.
3: It's all good. 12 for me. Wait, you got a. Wait, Ko got 11. Okay. So everybody plays pretty well, but Grinkeeper, you weren't as high as you were previously. So actually, Splendor Belt did the best. Splendor takes <laughs> nice. the proverbial pot, though there is no sort of gold being gambled here at the table. Is it chips or something? I just sort of uh, uh, flare points. There's a big pile of cards in the middle as all the cards sort of are dealt out of the hands. Yeah, And so you'd be the one to deal this next time if you continued playing. Right. The cleric takes it. I'll go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not again. I, not one I to celebrate. I think we should. I think we should try again. I think. I think maybe he had Paylor on his side.
3: Very well. You do well. We'll invite you to our game night. Everyone, roll again.
0: All right. Same thing. We get a advantage roll on this.
1: you get a plus. Isn't it a plus two? Plus yeah, two plus
0: two. Oh, well then, four or five, or sorry, what was, what was my last one? Five,
3: six, seven,
1: seven.
3: Eighteen. Go takes it. And something sort of launches up out of his chair. My friend, you cheat very well. You cheat excellently. Well done. Thank you. I mean... This is a game of lies. I do not do well at it and he sort of adjusts his jacket. I must uh, to the table. It is time soon.
2: Oh, yeah, it's dinner time, guys. Fair
1: Fair enough. Cole pulls a card out of his sleeve and throws it back on the table and then stands up.
3: Ah, it's in the rules. You can cheat if you want. And then they all kind of (laughs) get up and push away from the table and start heading your way to the dining hall. And I'm going to leave uh, for the sake of the mini map here. I'm going to leave all the sort of tokens where people like to hang out in the day. But we can assume that they're all. a sort of sort of massive drag over the dining hall, and everyone starts taking their place. And you all move about the tables looking for your spot. Each table sort of has a. Each table is divided up for either a certain named or numbered group of woodleaguers, or for an individual bronze league team. In your case, a silver team now. The Delvers table is located in the middle top here. Uh, Nearby, you see the brigand patrol, and you also see a number of supporters take the table right next to you, including Alexander Vanderbuck Withers, Mr. Goodwine, and Solburn, as well as others. Your table is shared by Buck and Valentine this evening, who kind of look up from their conversation that they've been having over the table. And she kind of gives a, dear, dear what yes and this is the dragonborn that you had dinner with some three nights ago now who was your final approval process for the silver league entry exam what Fine. oh welcome a a pleasure to have you dine at our table again dear it's not our table this is the i know where we are on his back, you can see still he's, he's got the same sort of outfit, but in a different color tonight. A gorgeous blue with golden trim that kind of comes up to a high collar. And she's got a wrap around her as well in this great blue, sort of a matching outfit for the duo. But on his back is still that axe wrapped in now blue cloth. You all take your seats. Nice. Does the evening find you well, Delvers? says Valentine, the bronze dragonborn.
2: Yeah, it's been fun so far. What about you guys?
1: Uh, It's okay. (laughs) It's not exactly my thing, but uh, I'm having a good time. Have you all been
3: mingling as we all should be? And she looks at her husband. Yeah. I mingle i will mingle when dinner's done. I haven't eaten today much. I eat some. I'm not sick. Yes. Very very good very good dear. Everyone starts filing in and taking their seats around. And the band starts to set up their instruments over by those windows. The ladies of Loran kind of fill out the tables below, and as each one of them takes their seats, you see an open chair, Grinkeeper, Lady Vessel kind of walks over to it and adjusts the small name tag in front of it and starts looking around.
2: Uh, Grin Keeper's gonna kind of stare at the table a little bit uh, uh, and make weird some weird noises until it stops. <laughs>
3: You see Selinar Everbloom enter, the regional director. You see Cassius and Mayor Maltopi enter as well, and Cassius sort of escorts him over to his chair. They're at the withers' table right nearby you. This would be the one uh, exactly adjacent to you all. And kind of pulls out his chair for him and sits him down. Withers kind of gives a hum, 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 to him and, and the mayor hum, 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 as they both kind of greet each other and sit down. And they seem to be acting like old friends. Cassius walks out in front of everybody, and sort of he takes, a, sort of waves a finger through the air and then kind of touches his own chin, his uh, a- Adam's apple, and gives a, a t- testing, testing. Yes, thank you. Thank you all for being here tonight. We will now commence with this evening's festivities. Dinner will be su- served immediately following these words. Ladies and gentlemen, friends of the guild, heroes of Atomer, everybody roll a wisdom saving throw.
0: That'd be a 17 for Splendor Belt.
3: 11. Is
1: this a spell or magical effect, Kyle?
3: This is a spell or magical effect.
1: Okay, let's try that again with a nat 20 for a 22, plus the extra two bonus is 0.4. Well done. Uh,
3: Plus two for, uh, right, because it's a save. For being by Grinkeeper, who immediately just kind of like goes a little gray-eyed, as it were. A little loose and a big smile just kind of climbs across Grinkeeper's face. And you turn and you look at Splendor Belt and he's got this big, big cheesy smile on his face too. And Co, you're kind of looking about the table and just everyone around, as soon as Cassius started talking, everyone kind of like collapsed a little bit and it's just uh, big smiles on their faces. You look around you see Ananthala smiling she's kind of put up a hand under her chin as she watches Cassius talk. And you look across the table, you see Valentine has also collapsed back a little bit. She's got her hands kind of resting on her stomach, and she looks there at Cassius. And you see Wildfire, who's got his fingers in his ears. He continues. Your contributions today secure the future protections of this fine city. Allow me to tell you a story... And he goes on about how he's strengthened relations over the last year with the kobolds, the goblins, the kuatoa, the bullywogs. The monster-related injuries in town are down, deaths are down. He tells you a story of a young girl who arrived at the guild for protection and how her home was besieged by monsters, which naturally the guild took care of, free of cost, thanks to the donations that are made here at the Bronze Ball as he continues on about 10 minutes into the speech i am happy to let you all know that we have identified the source of Atomer's ongoing infestations and troubles and with your help tonight we are prepared to launch full campaign what we discover here will undoubtedly unlock the secrets of Atomer herself the past and give us more of a footing as the kingdom moves further in its war against the vampire nation. Give generously this evening and enjoy this evening. It's not only for you, but for the guild. Dinner is served. And with that, everyone kind of raises and stands and claps and their big smile. Like, hey! And everyone who stood kind of looks around for a moment. They're not really sure how they got up. And they give a little shrug and they go back to sitting. And out of the kitchen behind the ball here, pours out trays and carts and servers bringing forth the food of the evening. First delivered in front of all you is a cranberry salad and a white soup. And as it is delivered before you, a young half-elf woman Puts it down before you and says, "The cranberry salad, veal stock, cream almond white soup." And dinner takes place. Sounds lovely. That sounds nice. Conversation is had with the wildfires once again. Uh, wildfires eager to strike up conversation with his old buddy from the other night who they talked of, you know, manly deeds, Splendor Belt. Splendor Belt, would you like to make a persuasion?
0: I sure would. I have a good persuasion score.
3: Why, that'd be... Whatever, I'm average today. 13. You all have a decent conversation, but fail to kind of reignite that fire of which you talked about tools and farming in your previous regarding the earth and men of the earth working hard. (laughs) The first course is brought out and there's beef collops, leg of lamb and spinach, veal cutlets, boiled turkey and oyster sauce, ox pallets and these sort of towers of vegetables and all this is kind of displayed in large plates in front of you that you are to take from and these towers of vegetables are rather ornate. I'll put a picture here in the Discord for you and anyone who wants to check the Discord later. They they each have been made have been shaped in some way. The carrots aren't just carrots. They've all been cut into spears that are all making little uh, triangles on top. The, the peas are towered on top of each other like Lincoln logs so that they go up a ways. And everything's a little precarious as you try to take it from the plate. But when it comes to these meats, it's all skewers. It's all individual helpings, you know, little, um, little patties, as it were, that you can easily scoop up and move to your plate. The second course is served. And these are, it first comes out, these strange little uh, birds. Birds. If anyone would like to make a nature check, they can find out what these birds are. There is hare, there's oyster patties, there's lamb ears, and now fruits also arranged in these tower-like contraptions. I would want to know
0: more, so I'll do a nature check. A 15.
3: A 15? You recognize them as kind of a beach bird that frequents the areas around Atomer, known as woodcocks. These are, in meme terms, that bird that goes,
5: eh, eh. <laughs>
3: all right (laughs) and kind of runs along the beach's sides okay much like the vegetables all the fruits are kind of arranged in these various little towers and decorations but a sort of sweeter palette to make your way into the evening does anyone do anything throughout dinner discuss anything look for anything a little um, pause here. For,
0: I would, I would probably tell my friends about this potential uh, brewery deal because I will have by the end of that conversation started to feel a little weird, given the sort of mobster sort of talk that I was getting out of this guy and business, good business and print cards and all this. It would have made me just at least want to kind of bring it up, get their get their temperature on it, see if they think it's a good deal. Is a good deal? What do you think of this after I explain it?
1: I I mean it sounds like you've already got a way to, to pay for the potato farm itself outside of adventuring. Didn't you say you were considering walking away from all this? Sounds Didn't like you would go have to a the business. Wedding? Yeah. Go to the
2: wedding. <laughs> he was the one he was the one that killed his friend. And then we made him bury the friend.
1: Oh He did kill his friend. Wait a minute. But <laughs> I don't think they were business partners No, I do think they were business partners Well, yeah, but you could take him in a fight Well
0: uh, Yes, but I would not like to get into business With an unsavory fellow
1: You know I mean, he felt bad At the end, he apologized (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, it seemed like it was old history That kind of came to life Remember that tree?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the tree was crazy uh, had the body a, hanging tree? from it but there's a body hanging from a tree
2: yeah yeah and it like controlled the tree and tried to kill us
0: I guess uh I guess I will you know if it's just money across table here, potato for money is good enough if he starts to ask for more perhaps perhaps I you know lock down spe- special contract do not come to me out of anything except for a trade of gold for a potato and that this is it
3: kind of joining the conversation for a moment between bites. Wildfire says, I abhor the undead. Ridiculous creatures. Asinine beliefs, those necromancers. (laughs) Dear, (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) 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 I love this couple. Already. Barely know them. You are brought over a selection for your evening drinks. There are, there is Elven Wildberry Drop, Blue Eyes, which you would know from the Good Wine Wedding, and Aladrin Negus, which is a type of wine, I believe.
2: Grinkeeper would go for the most expensive one.
3: All right. uh, Roll a... Oh, man, Appraisal. It's a good skill. I wish it was still here. Roll a Intelligence... It's a drink often made with wine uh, or port. Mixed hot water, oranges, lemons, spices, and sugars. A nine. You're not sure. Which I one sounds fancy- the manciness? prettiest
2: one with the prettiest color.
3: Well, that'd be the Elven Wildberry drop.
2: Then Wildberry it is. Uh,
3: yeah, for you
1: and think... the lady? I think Co would take the same. Once again, he would order multiple glasses for himself. For you, sir? How far
2: has Co gone at this point.
1: Co would see the questioning glares and say Look, um, I'm a satyr. We handle wine extraordinarily well. That's fair. <laughs> behind behind Co. You,
3: you kinda get a lean of an alpha. it's true. <laughs> Uh, for you sir and the waiter comes around for you Splendor belt
0: uh do you have virgin one of these and I'll point to the drink he's having
3: I can request a elven wildberry drop made for you oh uh, yes this is good I will have that and she makes her way around to the wildfires you have no mead what is and they argue slightly desserts begins to be served, or at least at the very least, your plates begin to be cleaned up around you, and the center plates are taken away as you've enjoyed the main courses of the meal. As you enter, you see Cassius walk up to... or as as the dishes are taken away, you see once again kind of walking into the ballroom area Cassius, but he brings with her, kind of on a hand off to the side and... ushering her along Lady Vestal, and he also raises his hands does a little bit of magic and points at her throat and her voice rings out uh, attention at- attention I am Lady Vestal from the Lorraine Ilfelkir finishing school thank you all for joining us here we want to take an opportunity to thank our illustrious donators the donors are the ones that make this evening possible Please give generously this evening. We will have both a silent auction, which will conclude at 8 o'clock, as well as an active live auction that will be conducted in the adjacent room. The generous donations here fund the year's activities and protect not only Atomer but the school itself, of which we are full of undying gratitude. I will now pass the floor to one Alexander... Vanderbuck Withers. Please thank him, everybody, for this evening. And, you know, everyone's kind of enjoying their drinks. It's a little less ruptious and, you know, odd than the previous speech's conclusion, but some claps go out all the same. And Cassius walks over, kind of ushers Withers up, who wears, you know, a gorgeous sort of, but a little too tight golden vest with a kind of black uh, viney decoration across it. And he's got himself some little shoulder pauldrons that have been placed on for the evening, kind of like he put on sort of a decorative form of armor of types for the evening. And he has in his hair a nice little kind of beret hat that's pushed off to the side, but only adds to his sort of full appearance. Cassius waves his hands about and casts the spell on him as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, good evening. And he grabs the sides of his vest, just kind of, you know, walks out away from the table that he's been sharing with the mayor. Uh, The real heroes here are, of course, those at the guild. Uh, Protecting this fine town, uh, sacrificing nothing compared to myself. I will see you all in the um, uh, auction. And I hope that you best me, for these funds do nothing but good for our city. Thank you, thank you. Cassius, I how do I move to him? And he sits back down. <laughs> <laughs> Everbloom walks out, the tall 6'5", elven woman with the hair down her back, now tied up in these gorgeous braids with flowers throughout it, but still just kind of wearing her guild best, though it's of that green and gold. Tonight we'd like to announce and welcome... Several graduates from the Bronze League we want to welcome Lionfist please stand up Lionfist this is the tabaxi that you saw leaving the guild hall one who has been rather aggressive and you can't remember why Splendor Belt why he doesn't like you so much yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't remember why should I Told, oh, please stand up. And Belsunish stands up. Grinkeeper the defender.
2: Grinkeeper jumps up.
4: Roll A.
3: Let's do a stealth check. Oh, no. But we'll use this as the chance of you being faced certain directions with certain lighting. Eight. You stand up and kind of look around. You see the hawkish woman, Lady Vestal's head, kind of give a little jot to the side, and her hands kind of go behind her back. She starts scooting around the ladies' table.
2: Uh, Grinkeeper will start turning and then she'll stop. She'll remember that two people recently have told her she'd just be herself. And in a split second, she realized maybe she should. And she'll look.
3: Oh. Seems our internet is being odd.
0: Yeah, you guys are getting choppy. I was just checking mine. I don't see anything weird here. John, how are you sounding? I
1: see, I see, I'm, it's getting laggy for, the, for them, too. Oh, um, weird. You, you seem fine. I don't Do know, I sound fine? Yeah, animated.
0: Okay, hold on. I'm going to uh, switch from central to the, let's go south. Okay, try now. Do you hear us? We can hear you. Oh, weird. You're up.
1: We N- no, there's still... Something's
0: weird, still. yeah. I hear John fine, he hears me fine, but I think you
3: guys are chopping. Yeah. Why don't we, if you can hear us... Why don't we go on break here and we'll come back as though we went on break at the point where Lady Vestal noticed her. That's
0: perfect timing. Excellent. Okay, we're going (laughs) to do that. We'll be back in 10, everybody. We'll see you in a sec.
3: Okay. And we're back. Kyle, back to you, Kyle. We're back. Grinkeeper rises and Lady Vestal shoots her head to the side with notice and kind of puts her arms behind her and starts stalking her way around the Loran tables.
2: Cool. And so Grinkeeper will start to turn very nervously, but then she'll realize that very, very recently, two people, two very good friends, have told her maybe she should try being herself. So she stops and she realizes maybe this is the moment where she should start doing that. And in that split second, she stops trying to turn and she makes eye contact with Lady Vestal.
3: Would you like to roll an intimidation or a persuasion?
2: Uh, Whatever diplomacy would be
3: under. That'd be persuasion. An eight. An eight? She raises her eyebrows and kind of tilts her head at you like a mmm kind of face, but... Before proceeding through the tables to discipline you in front of an entire crowd, she stops herself and kind of walks her way back to where she was seated at the head of the tables for the finishing school and sits. The presenter Everbloom continues. Also graduating Bundelfeld, the efficient
0: Yes, and I'm going to wave. By the way, he says. Wave all seated. Yeah, I'm just going to go. Kind of not even really grin much. Just kind of like that
3: acknowledgement. And Co, now known as One Shot. Co
1: will stand up.
3: And each of these come with a little, you know, a little, a little applause here. As each of you uh, stand, there's a little bit of like whoop whoop from the First Brotherhood's table. And then as Thunderbolt kind of gives away, there's like an ah, that guy, that guy that kind of rings out a little bit from their table over there. Everbloom finishes introducing you all and turns back. I now pass it to. Maestro Galen, for this evening's entertainments, the auction will begin shortly as well. Choose your entertainment for the evening, be generous, and good night. And Selenar Everbloom walks off. The orchestra starts taking its chairs, and a bald elf with long hair that goes over his shoulders walks out. He has a sort of large parrot of a nose on him and a little tuft of elvish blonde facial hair above his lip. And he just sort of speaks in a booming voice rather than with any sort of magical ailment. This evening, selection is selected by the Lorraine Ilfokir Finishing School hosts many of the court favorites as well as some newly written pieces that have been popularized in the kingdom nobility. A delightful mix of waltzes and quadrets will delight your senses this evening. But we begin first with Atomer's own born, the proud face, Waltz. And he turns and you know br- brings forth his baton and heads back and all the orchestra starts taking their seats. The Loran girls all kind of shoot up and they all nervously look over their cards and they try to find the companion that they signed up with earlier. And lots of the wood leaguers as well. The younger sort of adventuring guild folk all kind of take their places on the dance floor. The various couples, Valentine kind of stares at wildfire for a moment. And well, I, you promised. I know I did. I know I promised. Well, you did. You want, I mean, the first one we could get it over with. Fine. We'll- Get it over with. You're so graceful. And she pats his hand as they get up and head to the dance floor.
2: Uh Greenkeeper's gonna she uh, I guess she's still standing. And like, all right, guys, I'll be right back. Gotta change. And then she'll head for her bush.
3: <laughs> Greenkeeper heads outside for her bush. Co, do you join the first dance?
1: Uh yeah, he downs another glass of wine and then sort of nervously stands and whispers to Anthela if I don't go now I'm not gonna do it
4: come on let's let's do
3: this it's been a while for both of us Anthela takes your hand and pulls you up and you head out to the dance floor the maestro everyone please The proud face, Waltz. If you may lead us, Mr. John Scotchkin. And play the file I sent you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he has the name. That's great. All right, here you go. Everyone begins with a light bit from the performer, John Scotchkin, who sets the tone for the waltz. The couples come together from across the floor and begin spinning around each other. It starts with a little bit of that hand hovering bit of dancing, but eventually makes a full contact as the girl circles into the arm and they go around the side. As the rest of the orchestra joins, people begin to take hand and waist and spin about and the whole dance floor is moving. Go Roll a dexterity saving throw. (laughs) Uh Ten. You maneuver through the dance floor. You nearly step on some toes, but you manage to keep from full-on colliding. (laughs) Anthela grabs and kind of pulls you aside as you dodge another couple. It grows to a crescendo The couples spin about Splendor Bell during all this What do you get up to? Um,
0: I would be uh, Now having heard the music I would be kind of caught up in it And I would stand up But just sort of Drift through on my own Like I ain't gonna grab anybody But I'm gonna like You know Just kind of Arms up And like drift through the crowd And you know Feel the music <laughs>
3: Grinkeeper runs through her bush outside. <laughs> <laughs> Grinkeeper, sleight of hand.
2: Ooh, a 19.
3: You managed to kind of do in the, you know, like you're changing in the back of the car for a swim meet kind of thing. You managed to do like the get through your armor and without seriously agitating the bush, get all your armors off and into your dress.
2: And, and you. She's about to take her hair down, but then she realizes this is part of the moment, too. So she keeps her hair up as a marriage of Grinkeeper and Lady Blackwood.
3: Forged in the moment, they emerge one Lady Grinkeeper, the Defender Blackwood. As you exit your bush, you do so with that roll without snagging on any of the branches, without any injury to your dress at all. And you begin to make your way back up the steps in the courtyard. When suddenly a thin... A thin red line kind of appears next to you. About ten feet away and kind of draws itself down through the air. It starts at about seven feet high. And this little pinpoint of light that draws this line connects with the ground. And as it does... It sort of shoots open on the sides into a triangle. Walking out of it in a top hat with a massive black cape with the red on the inside, a tuxedo, shoes shine that could reflect the moon, and a small white mask and cane, comes a young man. He looks a little like a combination A combination of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio Young. Wow. His hair kind of goes up in this sort of blonde M in front that sort of graces the top of his hat.
0: And as as he walks out. I almost spit
3: took so hard right then. (laughs) (coughs) Wow. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. As he walks out throws his cane up a little bit and catches it in front of him in a jolly sort of walk. He looks to be about, uh, be about 21 years old. And he takes a great breath in. Ah, the material plane. Good to be back. Lady Blackwood. You. A pleasure to see you. And he bows graciously and holds out his hand for yours.
2: Uh, Evelyn will curtsy and take his hand.
3: He kisses it in his white gloves. It's a pleasure to see you again.
2: Uh, you too.
3: The gentleman cavalier traveler, otherwise known as GCT, has appeared before you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The proud face waltz. It's concluding. Might I have this next dance?
2: Of course.
3: He sort of glides his way over to the steps and taking your hand starts leading you up. And as he goes, he says, only one night on the material plane. And he spins you about and you begin to dance out here in the courtyard. And I get to spend it with the most beautiful woman in all of existence.
2: Evelyn won't know what to say, but she will blush very, very deeply.
3: Through the window, everyone's spinning and enjoying the dance, and you're matching them. He knows the perfect steps. Your clumsiness forgotten as he leads you about, sort of enchanted by his presence. As the song starts to build towards the end, and he spins you out, he grabs his mask from the side and throws it in the air, and it explodes into sparkles. and his face is fully revealed. His gorgeous, deep, dark eyes. Not a lick of facial hair on his young face. And he, A
0: little bit of flourish there for you.
3: Nice. And he
1: looks and says... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I <screwed that> up.
4: <laughs> Take it again.
1: One more time.
0: Go ahead, you're good.
3: He says... You've changed. You're stronger now.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm a silver now.
3: You joined the guild?
2: Y- yes, I've been looking for you.
3: For me? Lady Blackwood. This is enchanting.
2: Um, and I have something for you so I can find you again.
3: Splendor Belt, you're dancing on the side of this. Kind of, just kind of, you know, rocking yourself yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling it. When suddenly echoing down the hallway, you hear a something. What's Oops, hang on, hang on one second. What I what I do with it, what I do with it. Hang on. I'm so excited. (laughs) Here we go. Coming down the hall. (laughs) From where you entered this evening. A coach pulls up. Why are you stopping it early? No, 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 no. Keep going. There we go. Yes. Yes, a coach pulls up. (laughs) 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 And upon it is a woman, a woman in a purple tight silken dress. She descends with the help of two snake courtiers with arms. She glides down the hall in attendance, two snakes with drums in front of them, banging on the drums. Cassius meets her briefly and then ushers her in. She enters the ballroom. Her attendants wait for her outside. And she immediately locks eyes with you, (laughs) Splinterbelt. All right. (laughs) she approaches you and she extends her hands a, a great mess of golden medallions and necklace eye about her a waist covered in a sort of gold chain and these beautiful silks that just sort of hang off her thin body Cassius enters the room briefly during this break between the music announcing a surprise guest Princess Hissia of Snake Island, our newest benefactor. She approaches you, Splendor Melt. My beloved, have you missed me? <laughs> oh, shit. <Yeah.
1: laughs> uh,
0: I will not say anything yet, because I don't know who that is.
3: you always were a charmer come you big oaf let's dance and she grabs you by the hand and begins pulling you onto the dance floor okay i'll go i'll go along with the lead but i will be uh, wide-eyed and a little freaked out and you join her on the dance floor and you and lady hissia enjoy the next dance
0: is she, Through a, the side. is she a snake lady, like a snake face or anything, or just her
3: name's hissy she, and that's it? She seems uh, tall, thin, about your height, with long, dark hair down her back. Really, uh, nothing snake-like about her except for her eyes, okay. which are of a yellowish green and have the great slit eyes of a snake. Upon her head, a small tiara ringed in snakes. Upon entering the hall, and as the next song begins, the servants, banging their drums, head back to their elegant cart and await their lady for later in the evening. The next song begins, and everybody continues to dance. This next song is the Western Star, popularized in the kingdom. And everyone begins to dance. Grinkeeper, Splendor Belt Co. Everybody, roll dexterity saving throws, and Co. You can have your advantage because you're so evasive. <laughs> oh, I'll take it. Eighteen.
1: I got Seven. a dirty twenty.
3: Y'all begin to dance to an entirely new song that we didn't prepare, but as you dance about with Lady Hissia. Splendor Belt, you old so-and-so, how have you been these past two weeks? Here you go. A little something. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, fine. I have uh, a very good two weeks, I'll say.
3: Have my gifts served you well?
0: Uh, forgive me. You have... I think possibly giving me so many uh, Which gifts do you refer
3: to? But of course s- have So many gifts and time we spent together on s- Snake Island <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you,
0: Perhaps uh, Do you speak of the snake uh, Snake staff? The royal staff of snakes. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. I love it. It's very good. Phew. I think to myself. I don't say it out loud.
3: An embodiment of my father, Lord Hissia, King Hissia of S- Snake Island. And your snake armor, I see, serves you well. Uh, yes. It's very
0: good. Well constructed. W- well made. I am a fan.
3: My brother no longer needs it after he died on your adventures together.
0: Uh I yes. This is good good to hear.
3: Go, you got a natural twenty? Dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. So you go about dancing with ease and elegance. Grinkeeper? You got a five.
2: With plus two, (laughs) so it's a seven.
3: As the gentleman Cavalier Traveler leads you about, he quickly escorts you away from the other dancers and picks you up here and there with a lightness, with kind of a float of a sort of magical means. He's enchanted by you this evening.
2: Um, so, Evelyn will pull out the ribbon. She cut off a piece of the ribbon that she got from the god. And she's like, oh, um, put this on. So we can find each other again. But I have so many questions. Why tonight? Why here?
3: And he leads you about, and kind of, as as you sort of break in the dance for a moment, he flips out the ribbon that you've given him, and as he retracts it back in, it kind of twirls on itself into a rose, and he places it upon his lapel. Fancy.
0: Your boyfriend's cool. Smooth. <laughs> I got a snake lady I don't
3: really know. <laughs> Oh Lady Blackwood I'm afraid I am cursed but one night a year on the material plane but I choose to spend it with you.
2: What? Who cursed you? What?
3: I was long ago. Long ago you see and he kind of twirls you around and as you sort of breeze past Splendor Belt you hear a little bit of the conversation going on between him and Lady Hissia in the background. There were these Minotaurs, you see. Co. you are leading your wife about Anthela gorgeously. Which is good because she seems a little distracted at the moment. As you sort of twirl about amongst the people, there's a corner, the back left corner. And she keeps, kind of like a dancer does to maintain balance... She kind of snaps her head to, him, and as you twirl around, she snaps her head back there, and she keeps staring at this corner.
1: I would just whisper to her when I had a moment. What is it? I'm, um, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sure. I'd turn so I could get a good look at that corner, see if there's anything I can see.
3: With your passive perception you don't notice anything
1: are you feeling okay you seem a little distracted
3: yeah no I, I that man earlier the one who the, the benefactor have I met him
1: uh withers I don't think so no Let's let's
3: take a break. Let's get some water.
1: All right. Make our way off the dance floor.
3: And you manage with your excellent dexterity here to kind of wind your way back and end your dance on the side and head over to the bar where you get a glass of water.
1: While we're There, I'll say, what makes you think you have met Withers before? I don't know. It
3: it feels like I I saw him in one of those dreams I was having.
1: Well, I can tell you this much. Withers is not a good person. Seems. I mean, he presents himself. All this is thanks to him. Hmm. Well... Let's just say that I have been uh, a little more familiar with Withers' wheelings and dealings and they're a bit darker than what he presents.
3: Grinkeeper, back on the dance floor. He tells you how he was cursed venturing below Atamur itself. He found a town of minotaurs and there A great force corrupted them, and he sacrificed his time on this world in order to make sure that they could go on living. Only one night is he allowed on the material plane now.
2: But I've met a cursed Minotaur. It's dead.
3: Dead? How can this be?
2: Oh, no, you are the one cursed. How do we uncurse you?
3: I know not. I now question the astral plane, doing good beyond this world, as best I can. The gentleman cavalier is always needed.
2: But what if we brought you back?
3: If you can break the curse, I certainly would be happy to return.
2: Cooper will start thinking very hard
3: come splendor belt aren't you happy to see me is she cold to my touch at all she's a little she's a little chilly yeah
0: okay she's
3: a bit clammy
0: so she's like a she's like a snake <laughs> um, I must I need to use men's room must go for a minute. You understand,
3: and I'll try to sort of pull away like I need to go. Of course. You've always been easily overcome by your emotions. (laughs) No, it's not the
0: the emotion. I need to poo, and I'll just pull away and go toward whatever the men's room area is.
3: It's in the top there back by the kitchens but you go down a small hallway back to the washroom for the gentleman
0: alright I would go in there and uh, just sort of hide in there for a minute and try to gather my thoughts and try to remember real hard what, what this is and what I might have gotten myself into
3: as you enter you see Boonfellow. he's kind of got his arm wide and he's looking at himself in the mirror okay and he splashes some water on his face
0: we have indoor plumbing here. That's cool.
3: Yeah, well, there is a fountain outside. Yeah, that's true. Ah, uh, Splendor Belts. Um, what would... Can I ask your advice as a man of love?
0: Uh, uh <laughs> I am not... Vi- uh, yes, you can
3: ask. I, frankly, I'd, I'd like to I need to start roll a wisdom check <laughs> he starts as jumping. you as you listen to him talk but actually think back to Snake Island okay oh, oh geez a five <laughs> you remember once again That night you were in bed in the palace and a snake crawled into your bed. You jumped up and you defeated the snake and Lady Hissia came running. She called you her beloved. But you just can't remember how you got in that room and what the situation was. And that's where I find myself, Spunderbelt. I don't know if I can ask. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> I'll pretend
0: I heard it all and say, "Just ask. Go ahead, ask the question. Do it." You think she likes me? Uh, probably. There's only one way to know. You have to ask. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or not? It does not. You know, I can't.
3: I can't tell you how to live. But uh, ah, you're, you're right. I shouldn't be asking. <laughs> Thanks, anyway, and he leaves. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, I won't leave yet. I'm going to hang out in there for a bit. I don't want to go face Hissy Lady until I've uh, either figured this out or I avoid it.
3: Meanwhile, back in the ballroom, Co and Anthela are getting their glass of water, and she continues to glance over at that corner. The song advances to another little number known as the... Vamp to the Vampire's Lair, a popular little quadrille, which is a sort of line-up dance where everybody, the ladies and the men, line across from each other and sort of march past and forth each other, spin about changing partners here and there. This divides you for a moment, grinkeeper, from your beloved Gentleman Cavalier Traveler.
2: Uh, when they get close again she'll ask what his name is?
3: You ask him his name and he sort of spins by you and he puts a big smile on his face ends up with another woman spinning about and continues to watch you as you go about.
2: Grinkeeper will keep her eyes locked on him.
3: Suddenly, the music stops, and there's a great kind of snap, like a twig has been broken in pieces, and it kind of echoes across the hall. Sorry,
0: (laughs) that's not the right one. (laughs) That file says stick. I thought that was it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
2: A ship crashes into the
3: bar.
5: (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's the ghost of the Titanic. <laughs> Oops.
3: A stick breaks kind of across the hall. And everybody stops as the music has suddenly stopped. The entire orchestra is staring at Maestro Ghislaine. And he's sort of with a twitch. And his arm goes up like a marionette, kind of turns himself around briskly. His two pieces of his conducting stick, his wand, his uh, baton, in two. He starts to speak. And smoke kind of rises up through his vocal cords, kind of escaping around him, issuing out the corners of his mouth. This speech that you've heard before, but muffled inside him, the voice of the Kalazar emerges. The maestro turns and rolling out a hand, the inner pinky pointed in. The room kind of divides, his gaze shooting straight down to the bar. Everybody kind of in that sort of way where you see if someone's looking right at you looks at the next person looks at the next person the, the room kind of divides making this pathway from the conductor his eyes gone full black to Antola and in his old booming voice his voice he says come with me now
1: Poe would move to step between Anathala and the maestro.
3: Behind in this waning light of a summer afternoon, the fountain, which was previously shooting up some 20 feet in the air with pure water, goes black and begins to bubble and turn and lower itself as it thickens and pours over itself. <laughs> He retracts his hand slightly again towards his chest and and snaps it back out. Come with me now. Um co
1: would Looking around, can I see Splendor Belt and Grinkeeper? Are they are they in here or are they in other places?
3: You see you see Grinkeeper, she's out on the dance floor, kind of amongst the other dancers. Splenderbelt has emerged from the washroom, sort of patting his hands wet on his
1: sides.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: So he would be right by you. Okay. Ko is gonna do his psychic whispers, um to connect to uh his friends as well as Anathala. And let's see how long that lasts for, just because that's part of it. Oh, we got the full eight hours.
2: Nice. Wow.
1: Uh, and we'll go ahead and connect to them all psychically, but then just sends a message to Anathala personally and just says, um, it's okay. I'm here. You need to tune him out. Focus on me, focus on who you are. The
3: conductor collapses, and suddenly a tray behind you drops. One of the elven servers, the one who was attending your table, also begins to twitch, and their eyes go black. Some 20 feet away from you, now behind you. the smoke rising up out of their mouth like their vocal cords are on fire with this language that's being spoken burning away this one now extends out his hand come now
2: Co. what do you want us to do uh
1: I don't know um he's clearly still after her I don't want to send her away, so I say we just take up a defensive position.
2: All right, I'm coming. And Grinkeeper will give one sad look over to Gentleman Cavalier. And she'll mouth, I'll find you. And then she'll head toward
1: Ko.
3: No matter what occurs, I will find you.
1: We'll find you. Stay alive.
3: <laughs> so the three of you now together over by the bar facing this previous server what do you do?
1: Um, I would kind of take Anathla by the hand and start to kind of move her away again kind of staying between me and whoever seems to be speaking.
0: Yeah, man. Maces with faces. I draw. draw, Be be ready. Yeah.
2: Greenkeeper's going to pull out her hammer.
3: Her head kind of snaps back your server and she collapses. And you feel like you see something now. Speed across the room. A a mist, a, a figure, a shadow speeds down the hall around and ends up in the auction room. from there now you know out of view you hear a great kind of oh, 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 as all the nobility and supporters gasp in the
1: audience did you all see that
2: yes Something, I'm going
1: something's moving around
2: let's go together
0: yes I agree. is your wife safe where are we going to put her
1: I'm going to bring her.
0: She can handle her own here. Yeah. Okay.
2: Grinkeeper will take front position and start heading that way.
3: Cassius runs with you down the hall as you head that way, and you round the corner to the auction room. And up on stage, you see Selenor Everbloom, who seemed to be presenting one of the many auctions, in this case, the Hook Horror Hook, that was on display. And the various attendants have their little numbers that have all kind of fallen limp in their laps. Selinar stands with her eyes black, smoke issuing out of her mouth. And she says... in another person's voice... You failed me, Withers. You failed to deliver. I will take it all now. And he stands... I, I I did as you asked, I hired the broscales, I opened the doors. There's nothing more there's nothing more I could do. There's nothing more I could do. Cassius looks absolutely mortified next to you as he stares up at Selinar Everbloom. And she also collapses back and he jumps, leaps. Flies even. You see, kind of a rush of wings as Cassius leaps onto the stage and catches her before she falls and cradles her cheek. He looks around as the sort of spirit darts back into the main hall.
2: Greenkeeper takes off to the main hall.
4: Yeah, we'll follow.
3: You see one, Giga Shark drop his glass and shake he pulls thickly clumsily jerkily his anchor from his back and it kind of rests at his side he says I, I don't I can't
4: control this
2: I... I. Grinkeeper will run and rush to tackle him.
3: Make a strength... Versus. So this would just be a check, a roll, a strength roll. 21. You slam into him. And his head snaps back to the floor. The spirit seemingly leaving the body in that moment and rushing over to another... The doors fling open from the kitchen and out emerges the cook. He has on his chef's hat and a butcher knife in his hand. You know, big old block butcher knife. And he turns to you all. I take them all back tonight. My subjects. My world. My kingdom.
1: Ko is, uh, gonna ready, uh, psychic dagger to throw the next time he sees the spirit run. Having seen it dart out of people enough, I feel like he could at least make an attempt to throw at it as it tries to go between bodies.
3: And as you sort of summon forth your psychic dagger at your side... You see something tumbling over the walls in the courtyard. Of great many somethings, ten somethings, medium-sized or so, kind of crawl up and then slump over the side.
0: What do these look like?
3: As you go to look out the window, it's it's getting a little dark, but they look like people in workwear, some of them in pajamas just people and they have climbed over this wall and sort of throw themselves over the side
0: well um, at that moment I will um, cast guidance on Ko and he will now for the next minute anyway have uh an additional d4 added to, your, to whatever your ability check uh, you have to roll. So, bling!
1: Awesome. Does it work on attack rolls, too? Oh, yeah. Nice.
3: These uh, figures that have climbed over the back walls of the courtyard begin to stand themselves up in a rather slouched and jerky fashion. The center of the dance... Go for it.
2: Oh, green Keeper will scream out, the doors! Uh, we need to close the doors! And she'll start running to the tables and pulling off tablecloths and flipping one over, trying to carry it to the doors to create a barricade.
3: You do so, and this kind of snaps everybody out of their days. A room full of heroes suddenly begins to work, grabbing tables, closing doors, using the long cloths to tie the handles, and so forth. You, Co, you see one of the mu- musicians, one of the violinists, suddenly stand up in that jerky motion and they pull out their violin and they're about to swing it into the person next to them.
1: Um, Co would. Hmm. I mean, we've agreed he can intend for his psychic daggers to not kill people, right? Correct. Even from a distance. Correct. Alright, we're gonna chuck that dagger at the violinist. Alright, making an Without attack. the intent to kill, just hurt.
3: Yeah, it's basically pure psychic damage.
1: Okay, that's a 23 to hit. That's a hit. That's gonna be nine psychic damage. Uh, <laughs> is he considered flanked by an ally?
3: Uh... But the- <laughs> The, the the violinist yeah there would be a surprised uh series of orchestral companions next to them
1: great let's do it sneak attack for an additional 14 psychic damage on top of that
3: this hits and their mind sort of drains their eyes go back to white and they fall back into their chair but it's with this that the doors are being barred by all the various healers the heroes in the room the first sons brigand patrol the five emissaries they're all helping bar these doors around the area Lady Vestal goes about and she's like, "ladies come let's let's begin for the exit here everyone line up everyone line up can we get some assistance with this escape"
2: Hey uh- yeah, <laughs> yeah, <grid> keeper. <laughs> she'll run over and she'll do what she can to kind of escort them, but she'll be watching for any kind of um, um, possession.
3: Cassius walking down the hall, the main hall, carries Selenar Everbloom in his arms. We have to go. We have to get these people out of here now. And in that moment, the floor of the dance hall kind of swells, like it's a bubble raises up as though something pushes beneath it and it pops, it explodes it splinters upwards and collapses down following kind of an implosion back in out of it comes the sound the drone rockets upwards blowing the glass roof into pieces and glass rains down on the entire room The back windows are being banged by these figures outside as it advances. The woman who just received this psychic dagger from Ko sits back up, her eyes black again. The waiter stands, the cook stands, every single elf in the room, Giga Shark, all of them stand up and begin walking towards the hole that's been created. We'll assume that keeps going in the background for our own sanity. Out of it comes tendrils, long brown and black tendrils of stone begin wrapping around the ceiling metal supports and pulling at them. As they bend and collapse downwards, you see the head, the maw of a roper. Its tendrils flick out around the area and start grabbing every elf on the edge, just standing and start bringing them down inside. The back windows break And in tumbles, an assortment of common folk but elves, half elves, full elves, pajama-wearing blacksmiths, courtiers, noblemen have all seemingly climbed the walls from nearby neighborhoods and made it to this room. And they begin booking and running and jumping into that hole where the roper now dominates the area. Lady Vestal takes her ladies and they begin down the hall. But as you head as they head towards the exit where you first entered through, that floor begins to swell. And it pops and descends down and clawing up out of it. With a great comes two hook horrors. Massive chicken beasts and beetles clawing their way, blocking the exit.
2: Screenkeeper's gonna get in front of Lady Vestal and the girls and start telling them to go back, go back.
3: You start turning them around. Lady Vestal grabs your hand for a moment and in a, in a sort of pause of time, looks you up and down and looks you in the eye. She takes from her side a small object, a... Uh, a handle of some kind and places it in your hand. She turns and tries to lead everybody back to the side. Where do you, Are you leading them now?
2: Um, she'll have put herself between them and the H'kors that have started to climb out.
3: Splendor Belt, back by the bathrooms you hear a great sloshing and the door falls open and out tumbles a mess of dark mantles that seem to have descended up through the piping. Out of the women's restroom, slime's a grick that seems to have exploded from the floor in there. Okay.
0: How far am I from my team?
3: Well, right now... Grinkeeper has positioned herself, and there's a lot of marks on this mini-map. Grinkeeper is currently, I'll use the laser here, by the door, looking to get the ladies out some way. Okay. You're currently up here by where Gigashard collapsed and has now risen and is making his way towards the hole. hole. Ko, where are you at at the moment?
1: Um, Let's see. They were on the dance floor when all of this happened. They were kind of chasing things around. I imagine Ko's probably around probably around here with Anathla right now.
3: Cool, so we're kind of divided in this great big triangle, so you're up here, Splendor Belt, in the top of the room of the dance hall. Okay. Well,
0: I would rush to where, where I believe the action to be, and preferably with my teammates. I don't think it's good we get separated. And so, uh, if I see an opportunity to run, I would, even if there's crap coming out of those bathrooms. I'm not going to fight that shit alone. I don't think, and leaves everyone else in danger. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run to wherever I can see my people. If I see Co, Co, you're down here somewhere.
1: Um, I moved myself where I am. Oh. so Co and Anathla right there. Okay, that's where I'm going.
0: I'll come down, be be near them.
3: maces is out, faces is out. Greenkeeper, where do you lead the ladies?
2: Um, as they walk down the hallway she's going to check in the room with the pictures there are windows there are there any holes in the floor
3: there are no holes in this room and the windows seem clear
2: alright cool she'll run them in there and she'll have her hammer ready to just start hammering away at the glass
3: alright roll a strength check on the glass well that gets a rolling Co splendor belt what do you do
0: I mean, is there anything so, to target? Can't really target anything, right? Sorry, John. Go ahead. You were gonna say.
1: Oh, I was gonna let you go. You no, can I just go. said, "Is
0: there anything to target?" And I got no answer. It makes you think that there's not
3: anything to target.
1: <laughs> so, Co is. Not really focused on what's going on. He's 100% looking now at Anathela and just with every bit of his focus uh, psychically connecting to her, seeing what's happening to the other elves around him, and just trying to block out any sound by just talking nonstop to her instead. You know, saying, You're Anathela, you're Penny's mother we met on the streets, you know, we, we said we were going to forge a new life, a better life, we are about to have that, you need to focus on who you are, you know, just constantly reassuring who she is the keeper in the here and now. And she
3: repeats back, I know, I know, I'm with you, I know, I know. Back into your head. The Tendrils of the Roper keep grabbing, and it seems to be entirely focused on grabbing the elves, which are offering themselves up at the edge of this great hole. You can't really see it outside of just kind of the tip of its great kind of stalagmite head that sticks up. And as it collects them up, it takes them back down into this hole. The Hooked Horrors located in the main hall are now starting to make their way out. Another hole seems to open up off to the side in the auction room. Another hook horror emerges. The creatures have cornered both Sultan and Mac separately. Sultan in the lounge area, and Mac in the back of the ballroom. And more creatures just seem to be issuing out of these holes nonstop. Greenkeeper, what was your role in the glass?
2: It was a one. It well, was a while one. She gets this one, she's <laughs> gonna scream out. Someone shut the door.
3: <laughs> Margaret, do This is so. It's an open arch. It's an open arch. What we, uh, we, what are we gonna do?
2: Uh, shove stuff in front of it. Chairs, books, something. Just shove stuff in front of it.
3: They do so. The ladies begin to push things all around, but one of the hook horrors emerges from the lounge towards you.
2: Um, Grinkeeper will uh, tell the ladies to take that second door back into the lounge, and she'll try and get the thing's attention.
3: sort of a jump in front of it, wave, wave kind of business. How do you get its attention?
2: Yeah, because there's that second door, so um, since they're sensitive to sound, she's just going to smack her hammer on the floor and scream.
3: You get their attention. Splendor Belt, Co. you're still in the ballroom.
1: Seeing that Anathala is still with me and doesn't seem to be fully impacted, Co would then finally be able to feel okay, he can turn his attention to what else is going on and see enemies kind of filling up. Now, are, there are heroes in here too, right? Like they're, it, It's not just a bunch of monsters and everybody's run away, right?
3: Correct. The brigand patrol five emissaries are all engaging the roper as well as the gricks and dark mantles that have emerged from the bathroom. The First son's brotherhood is off in the auction room starting to engage that hook core. but many of the higher ups the broadsides uh i spy they're all trying to grab these people these elves that are throwing themselves into the hole
1: okay Ko would kind of turn to anathela and say I have to help. I have to do what I can. And he would turn and uh, attack the uh, the big thing that's come out of the ground. What is it? The Roper. The Roper. He would run and charge the Roper. <laughs> you Psychon know, from the, from
0: Three's company, the guy that ran
1: the actually. The belt. You know what? He doesn't. He doesn't need to charge it. He can throw these things. What am I doing? He going He's gonna throw them. He's gonna throw two daggers at the thing. Make your attacks. There are other people hitting it, right? Correct.
3: Kind of a ring of heroes gathered around the thing.
1: Uh, first attack is a twenty-six to hit. I don't know why I rolled with advantage, so we'll just call that the roll for the <laughs> for the other dagger as well. So it's a twenty-six and a twenty. I think both those hit, right? Yep. Um, so on the first strike, that is going to be a total of 24 psychic damage uh, with the sneak attack included. And on the second hit, it's going to be an additional eight psychic damage.
3: You deliver psychic damage to it, and its tendrils recline and coil back into the hole as it gives a great... <laughs> and does so. Yeah, charging past you comes wildfire, and he seems to know exactly where he's going. He heads down the hall behind you back into the auction room, and he goes over and grabs Withers by the collar, and he just starts shaking him. What have you done? What have you done? Beneath them, the floor bubbles, cracks, and it collapses downward, and both Withers and Wildfire descend into the darkness. Out of their hole, their persons are replaced, by another hook horror emerging from the ground, Greenkeeper, you've gotten the hook horror's attention.
2: Um, she's gonna run over to the window, and she's gonna take another hit at it, and then she's gonna try and goad the hook horror into hitting the window.
3: Okay, cool. Kind of a, a an "I'll dodge when you go for me" sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's see your strength attack first.
2: Natural 20.
3: All right, and you break it (laughs) with one great hit, and it falls outward in glass sheets.
2: Okay, in that case, then, she still has some movement. She's going to call out to the girls, get out, I'll keep you running, and then she'll take off in the opposite direction.
3: Make a intimidate check or some sort of other loud check to maintain the hook horrors attention
2: 18 intimidate
3: so you give a holler at it you maintain its attention and you take it which way
2: I take it into the hallway and um, down the hallway toward the outside to her bush where her armor is
3: and it proceeds after you. It runs after you in these big, sort of heavy, dinosaur gates doing its...
4: <laughs>
3: as it goes after you. Co, you've engaged the Beast Splendor Belt. What do you do?
0: Oh, jeez. Um... I'd like to attack that thing sure and can you give me let's see, can you give me a range how far are we it's right in this hole down here there it is now, alright, so close enough for a ranged attack yes alright, and I've got a good view of it so that's cool, let's do um let's test things out here let's do uh, let's do my spiritual weapon and i will I will uh, cast that guy fart that dude out it's a mace that looks like me and I will uh, attack with a nat 20
3: plus six26 nice yeah nice
1: hey so
3: you summon forth your spectral Palorian mace with your own face upon it yep. and it twirls up into the air whoop, 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 yep. Yep. and gets right over the hole and then kind of rockets as though it has a little poof booster and just shoots right down into the beast's head. Yep. Roll your crit. Yeah, Uh, another d20. Another d20 crit.
0: Roll. Hold on one second.
3: Eleven. Just kind of bonks it on the head heavy and then as it receives this heavenly blow. Nice. We need damage, huh? Yep. Give me that damage. All right, here you go
0: spiritual weapon there it is uh five points of damage dink
3: it's a it's a mighty looking blow yeah <laughs> all the same yeah. bonks it on the head and it kind of blinded and dazed by the hit of this holy radiant mace of power go do you continue to engage
1: yeah let's keep throwing daggers at it
3: Where's an antelope through all this?
1: Uh, beside me.
3: Okay, just sort of hanging out beside you, keeping her safe and close.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 14 to hit. That is a miss. Oh, okay. And on the other one... Uh, that's not going to be good either. That's an 11.
3: Another miss. But the beast is definitely retracted back into the hole somewhat. Grinkeeper, you have run out the back and leapt into your bush.
2: She's going to start putting her armor on, and she's going to try and do it stealthily so that the chicken doesn't find her.
3: You put down... so. As you sort of go to good through your bag, you put down your hammer and you put down the object you were given. And it's about a six-inch long tube-like structure. And at the very top are two diamond-crusted arms that come around in a curve and make a sort of heart shape in the top.
2: Uh, Grinkeeper will look at this further.
3: Make a history check. four four you should have paid attention in class you're not sure what this
2: is (laughs) she gets her armor on
3: Grinkeeper begins donning her armor as a hook horror starts stalking its way through the courtyard looking for the prey that ran out here and went somewhere at the moment We're going to speed up a little moment as Grinkeeper dons her armor, which takes some time as she slips it on. You all battle the the roper back into its hole and begin to spread out about the room, fighting the creatures back as all the hero association begins to gather. However, all the elves manage to jump in, ferried by this roper downward, which is now very slowly at a speed of 10, Kind of inching its way back in and disappearing into the underground. But all the other monsters in the area have more importance as they are threatening individuals like Mac and Sultan. You find yourself divided, the heroes all spreading out trying to deal with these threats at the area. Do you go help Sultan, Mac, or Carrie? Oh, jeez, one
1: of these? So I would be able to see that all three of them were in trouble? Correct. Um, I would go to save Carrie. That she would, seems... That would be my instinct, too. But is that bad? We should probably split well, i don't know i guess i need a little clarification <laughs> like because i'm looking at this as a very like telltale games who do you save the other two are definitely gonna die But carrie seems more capable of protecting herself than the others so what what level of peril are we looking at here
3: i would say metagame off of what i've presented you in the past in this D D campaign because hmm. you're you're metagaming off video game knowledge
1: there. Yeah. Yeah. Based on where we are, with Mac and Church being here, I just think realistically, Co. would go to help Mac, because that would be probably who he could see. And would would be most able to see an address.
0: Um I don't know. I Probably Zoltan the Wizened. I'd probably want to help him, I guess. Because we got to split up. So, what I would think would happen is Ko and I would have a very, very quick exchange about him going that way and me going the other. Because I feel like we could split up and conquer, maybe divide and conquer a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try.
3: Cool. So, yeah. you head out to kind of gather up the new Malari, the heads of the guild. And get them out of here. Yeah. Excellent. Let's roll a let's roll a attack for Ko and let's roll a persuasion for Crandall Splendor Belt. Okay.
0: A
1: natural twenty
0: for Ko. Nice. All right. Seventeen for me. On the
3: Living up to his one-shot standards, <laughs> Ko runs over to the Hook Horror, jumps on its back, and gives it an old double dagger in the neck right as it approaches Mac and Church. who have, as Woodleaguers do, placed themselves in a corner with no escape.
1: Oh, <laughs> Woodleaguers?
3: <laughs> you down the Hook Horror and look for somebody else to save. What'd you uh, get on your roll,
0: Splendor uh, 17.
3: 17? Yep. You find a Zoltan the Wizened sort of hidden out in the courtyard. There is a hook horror stalking about one of the nearby bushes. He sort of crouched himself down and... Oh, oh! Stay down! Stay down! I would say, are you injured? No, I'm not injured. Just stay down.
0: Leave it to me, and I will headlong charge maces out into the fray here and fight that Hookhorn.
3: Alright, make an attack.
0: Okay, here we go. A physical attack incoming. Oh, man, I was going to run back and get my snake thing and I forgot. Alright, it's alright. <laughs> totally forgot. All right. There's
1: Hissia during all of this <laughs> Splendor Belt. He never asked. He yeah, never I asked after he no got idea. from the
0: bathroom. No idea where she is. Alright, uh, here's your hit. Uh, that'll be a 17 to hit for the first hit.
3: Alright, a miss. Oh, jeez.
0: That's really high. All right, second hit.
3: A 17 again. Oh, wait. Nope, I'm wrong. You did hit. I was looking at the wrong sheet. Oh Well, then I hit That's two 17s hit.
0: in a row for the double hit. Now you just need damage, right? Correct. Okay, it scared me. All right, here we go. Uh, that'll be nine bludgeoning for the first and five for the second. So 14 total bludgeoning damage from my double my dual uh hit.
3: So you find this hookhor stalking about through the bushes, and you run up and give it a bum bunk on the back of its kind of carapace, beetle-like back. Yeah. and it turns around to face you. Grinkeeper, outside your bush, you see Splendor Bell has engaged the hookhor that's been stalking you.
2: Nice. Uh Grinkeeper will stand up. Take one more look at that thing she was handed before pocketing it to see if she can make any sense of it, and then run back inside to see if she can get more people out.
3: All right, well, you can, as a skill, make a arcane check or a history check.
2: Both a negative one, so let's go with arcane, since history didn't work out too well last time. All right. A nine. A nine?
3: A nine. You're still not sure what it is, but you do know that it's a magic item of some kind.
2: Cool. Greenkeeper will think, and then she'll pocket it and head inside.
3: As you run back inside, you see Gentleman Cavalier battling back some gricks. seems he has pulled forth a sword from his, his cane, and it enchanted a sort of spirally kind of fencing blade about his arm. And he's currently... Knocking it back with great skill, and as he leans in for a lunge, he quickly, in a swirling sort of motion, cuts off all four tendrils around its face and stabs it through the beak.
0: Whoa, could have used this guy earlier. Yeah, right? He's awesome.
1: I just killed a second hook horror <laughs> with one blow. <laughs> <laughs> this guy
3: kills a Grick that you fought on mission three. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's point. like, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa look
4: at another swirly
1: sword here.
0: Yeah, I think it's the salt spire sword that got me. I think that turned <laughs> it over. <laughs> I'll get you on record.
2: Um well seeing that he's doing well and doesn't need help, why would he? Um she'd once again sadly watch him go not say anything and run back to the room to make sure the girls got out
3: as he fells the beast he does turn and look at you and pass out a hand
2: she'll stop for a moment where what
3: (laughs) we can save them you and I take my hand oh
2: lord greenkeeper will look down the hallway and then back at the cavalier and she'll trust her heart and she'll hold out her hand
3: he takes it and spins you close to him and says one night only together and one raises night. his sword up and you begin to blink teleport about the room the battlefield you appear over by co for a moment and defeat a dark mantle by him you teleport, holding hands the entire time, back outside and join Warden, who's facing down a hook horror there. Upon slaying that, you teleport back to the lounge, where you save Sultan, who's cowering underneath a hook horror. And as you all watch the sort of cleanup happen, as Gentleman Cavalier Traveler and Grinkeeper teleport about in a sort of tandem, in a sort of dance, they dispatch the many monsters throughout here as they sort of gather and then seem to have a handle on things the ladies of Loran and start making their way out that window that was broken all of them heading out into the night getting back into school lady lady Vestal lining them up and getting them into the carriages Co, Splendor Belt what do you do as this sort of spectacle of teleportation takes place
1: okay I got to admit the teleporting was cool it's cool, but I. Then <laughs> <laughs> now, all right, fine. I'll, I'll give you. He's all right. Um, so there's no more monsters. They're getting everything. They
3: seem to be on a bit of a cleanup journey, though the holes are still open, and uh, this entire time, the drone just continues, and elves bang on the glass outside, eventually breaking it, trying to get in. Elves still tumble over the back wall. We gotta shut that thing off. The entire town, the population of elves,
1: seems to want in this hole. But how are we gonna do it, is the question. We gotta plug it.
0: (laughs) Easy for me to say. Plug it.
1: Fill it with potatoes.
2: <laughs> there you go. You just grow the world's biggest potato, and eventually we can shut that thing. Yeah,
1: it'll Delicious, take no time at all. Wonderful potatoes. So
3: while wait. they think for a moment, while they think for a moment, and continue to think during this, greenkeeper, roll an attack.
2: <laughs> it's a one.
3: A one. Oh
1: man. Great. I'm sure that's gonna Whoops. go well.
2: <laughs> it's a little embarrassing.
1: Doing all this cool
3: stuff. <laughs>
2: I know. She's not used to teleporting.
3: Yeah. Roll another attack.
2: Okay, a 21.
3: On the first teleport, you find yourself extremely disoriented. And you swing your mace around and hit Gentleman Cavalier in the side.
2: Oh, God, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm.
3: He He gives a little... mm, My fault, my lady. Should have warned you. Should have warned you about this particular activity. Let us, again, from the top. And he holds out his hand.
2: And she'll go... Okay, and then she'll grab it. And instead of slapping him, this time she'll squeeze it a little and give him uh, three points of healing.
3: Nice, and you heal him through the handhold that you've created. You've found yourself all the same in front of a grick that is assaulting one Didi, who is battling in the corner with a, a hooked horror. This grick sneaking up, sneaking up behind him, and the two of you swing together. Him lunging forward, still holding your hand, and you bringing down your mace on top, sort of forcing the blade up through the grick. As soon as that blow is delivered, you find yourself in a completely different part of the room. You're outside in a pagoda with Broadside, who is batter- battling several dark mantles. Make an attack roll.
2: 25.
3: You now swing your hammer through the air <laughs> and kind of collect them. Like, like, kind of like how you might push bubbles through the water. You sort of swing your hammer and collect many of them and slam them down as Gentleman Cavalier skewers them in the pile you've made. Broadside goes, oh, and then you both, poof, teleport out again. We go back to Ko and Splendor Belt, who are looking at the big hole before them.
1: <sighs> I have no way of plugging a big
0: hole I have a way of trying something so I'm gonna try it all right let's give go this a it. shot I know
1: make <laughs> with may, the magic man
0: this may not go well um, I'm going to um, I don't have I have no fourth level so I'm gonna to have to do it at third um, I'm going to create 30 feet let's see sorry 40 feet of a giant water cube and I'm gonna put it down that hole to see if maybe water won't drown out this frickin' drone thing. <laughs> so I'm just gonna do it. Gonna... <laughs> there you go! <laughs> I'm gonna come, at the very least, it'll muffle things, right? Like, that's the thinking. So No,
1: I'll... I like it. I like the idea. This is what I picture immediately.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna do that. Let's, let's make a giant water thing. It'll appear right above it, and then go spoosh! And just, like, come
3: crashing down on the hole. And it does go into there. However, as cool as the idea is, as you've witnessed below Atomer, there is a network of tunnels and immediately the water starts flowing off down these various tunnels and does not stay in the basin beneath the hole.
0: That's hmm. well, not the most pleasing result.
3: Keeper, roll and attack.
2: 22.
3: 22. Nice. You find yourself back in the auction room next to one Gruber Lifton who cowers in the corner beneath another hooked horror. You uppercut the hooked horror with your mace back, and as it falls. (laughs) What did I summarize it as? Instead of saying the whole thing? Uh. GCT spins you about and finds himself on the other side and catches the head of the hook horror as it falls back on his fancing blade. Several more blows are needed to finish off this hook Horror, but you stay there by Gruber Lifting, who goes, Ah! Oh! 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 Just sits there screaming for a bit.
1: Back in the main room. Ko's <laughs> gonna... He realizes they need something... They need to do something to try and cl- uh, cover this up. And I don't know if we're going to have the materials to do it here. So he is going to dart off to the coat check, see if he can find anything explosive. We got a bunch of hero types here. Go looking for things like a necklace of fireballs or I don't know, anything that looks like a bomb or an explosive. He'll probably mm. be in the coat check. So let's go check it out.
3: All right. All right. Roll a investigation check. As you run off Splendor Belt, do you do anything while he's gone? Um, no. Um,
0: I stare dumbfounded at this thing, because I don't know what to do.
1: 26.
3: With a 26, you find several items throughout the various code checkeries. Though you do find one Carrie's box and deposited inside is the very thing you were looking for. Except for it's more of a bracelet of fireballs.
1: Nice. We're gonna take that, run it back. And, um, would I. So here's what I want to avoid. We've got a lot of innocent elves that have been going down this hole. I want to throw a fireball on them. But has it been long enough to where it's pretty safe to assume the Roper is not going to be directly below where I throw this thing?
3: It has toddled off, and it's been some time, moving as slowly as it does. You're hoping to... Are you hoping to collapse the building or what is the because Co wouldn't necessarily know much about how fireballs work.
1: No. He knows that he, he knows what the object is, I guess, but he uh, he doesn't necessarily he knows they're just big explosives. Hmm. His goal but- is to collapse the tunnel. Roll an arcane check, then. Yep, that's accurate. That's a natural one for two.
3: Pardon me, I rolled for you accidentally.
1: Sounds like an explosion. Great. Let's make an explosion. Ko will go over to the hole. He doesn't want to be too close to it. And he will chuck that bracer down at the wall uh, into the cave
3: and you do so you activate Carrie's bracer at least one that was in her box there as checked in and throw it down into the hole and it does let loose a huge amount of fire that even rocks rockets up slightly here burning and singeing the, the wood floor edges around the hole but it's just magically enchanted fire that is summoned forth in a great amount but does not do any damage to the surrounding rock walls in that way.
1: Hmm. Well, that didn't work.
0: Welcome to the club.
1: <laughs> Roll fire didn't work. Water didn't work. No. <laughs> yeah. oh.
3: Roll another attack, Grin Creeper.
2: Twelve.
3: You teleport outside again, where you find yourself with I, Spy, who is facing down a couple of Gricks. The two of you engage in a prolonged battle there with a couple of those old, snaky, beaky friends from early on in our campaign. Meanwhile inside... Of the brigand patrol, Dominic Rees, a human rogue, heads over to you all. Great display, y'all. Why don't we get these tables in the hole, at least? And we can just start something, a pile, anything.
0: (laughs) We can just fill it full of stuff.
1: It's
3: actually not a bad idea.
1: Let's start covering it up with the tables.
3: The Hero Association begins dragging and pulling all these cloth-covered tables and just chucking them into the hole. And with some 25 of them or so, it starts to fill up and make a mound that kind of sticks up out of the hole. As the final Grick falls outside and everyone begins to gather, there is a sickening moment as elves continue to walk this way continue to want to enter the building and do so and they make their way over the pile of tables and just kind of lay themselves upon it sort of just like a grub on the floor in the sand just kind of sickeningly digging at the hole that they can't go into anymore each one of them completely enamored with it their eyes black still behind you Ananthala holds on thanks to the connection she made with Ko the Heroes Association gathers round Cassius enters again still carrying Selenar e- Everbloom and the season ends as the Heroes Association figures out what to do how to conquer the drone which has opened itself up here in the middle of Atomer how will they proceed? The Delvers will go on campaign, however... Time must pass, for see, campaigns are a curious thing. The Guild is a complicated structure, and bureaucracy often takes its toll on the hero's work. We will rejoin for Season 3 The Delvers. In one week, we'll meet space-time of our own time with the show, but in three months for the characters as they finally get approval to head down to face the Kalazar once and for all, all that's coming in season three. That'll be some 12 episodes, unless of course they, you know, get real creative and figure out something along the way. (laughs) And following that, our plan is to bring back the waste with Bo in the driver's seat and conclude that campaign coming up. But of course we're leaving it very open to make sure everybody's good for it. But look forward to Bo's return in the DM seat come mid-November. Yep, that's the current plan. And all signs uh,
0: look like we'll be heading that direction. So uh, stay tuned for that. Season 3, of course, on the horizon. And who knows what else might come up. All kinds of great stuff happening here on There Will Be Dungeons. And so many of you have helped support us. We really appreciate you. And we want to say thanks once again. And... To those who have uh, not yet decided, if you want to, head on over to ThereWillBeDungeons.com and join the Dungeons Plus program and get cool stuff every month. It's all laid out right there, so go find out more at ThereWillBeDungeons.com. Well done, everybody. We'll be back for more coming up soon. Stay out of trouble, and we'll see you then. This show is part of the Frogpants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Oh wait, I'll what play this for fun. That? There you go. Just just for fun. There you
4: go, breaking that <laughs> stick.